Harmless Phosphorescence! Assemble. This is Throw Smiley, and I'd offer to host your podcast, but you seem pretty miserable already. Who? Who has assembled here this week with me? I'm Josh Cece, and if this podcast doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. If it doesn't. I'm Brian Lesh, and uh, I like this one. How do I look? I'm Andrew Martinez Cece. I'm Jeremy Reed, and I am inevitable. I can do this all morning, maybe half the afternoon, or Mallory, whoever. <laughs> and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons, patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and one Mr. Atticus Burkett. You as well. Gentle listener can be a patron. Just head over to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got a lot of bonus content there. Uh, we got Star Wars shows, um, some holiday shows. Uh, we've got music shows. We're we're all about shows. Uh, the monthly movie. <laughs> Dog and pony shows. <laughs> yes. Fashion shows. Yes. Um, Show and tells. <laughs> yeah, showing and not telling. Um, <laughs> really big shoes. Uh, um, our monthly movie comes out monthly That's why we call it that And uh, this month, July We're going to be doing Logan's Run Logan's Run uh, coming up this month So that Perhaps you'll be renewed Yes So that should be fun uh, Buck a month is all you need To get started on that, fellas Check it out So And ladies <laughs> I don't know why I suddenly gendered all that Um <laughs> And all of our non-binary listeners. Yes. <laughs> he, she's, and they's. Please, a uh, dollar a month is all we're asking. Um, no matter your pronouns. Yes. Uh, George Washington don't care. Uh, he still spends. This month, though, on week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Avengers Endgame. God, it seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave, became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. we can do is our best and sometimes the best that we can do is to start over I saw all these people die I keep telling everybody they should move on some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. 
whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Avengers Endgame. Um, I think that the is most notable for what it leaves out or complete or actually straight up lies about. Like unhulked Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and no no true Marvel fashion. Yeah. No Tony Stark out of the spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No Tony Stark out of no fat Thor. Um, all, uh, <laughs> you fat free Thor. Yes, it tastes for just like regular Thor. Surprising, <laughs> it does. Um, Avengers Endgame was released April twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. It has a running time of one hundred and eighty one minutes. It cost four hundred million dollars to make, and it took in at the box office two point eight billion dollars. Almost $3 billion. It became the highest grossing film of all time. Technically, uh, Avatar re-released in 2021 to take back the title by like $100 million. How petty. I know. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, Jim Cameron knows that sequel's going to flop. <laughs> the Way of the Water. <laughs> I love how epic The Way of the Water trailer is and i'm like i don't remember any of these people i don't know what's happening (laughs) i haven't seen this movie since 2009 i have no idea what is going on Uh, i did not understand the appeal of avatar back then and i understand it less now because the biggest thing about it back then was like oh my god the visuals are so amazing and now like we can do that shit on our shit. iPhones. Yeah, it was the first big 3D movie, and now that that's not like important in any way whatsoever, like what 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 is going to happen, James? I don't know, but the, I mean, I don't know. Fern Gully, I'm all about it. Uh, Dances with Wolves, <laughs> Pocahontas. Yeah, I'm just oh glad my- I learned the phrase or the word unobtainium. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I just I love me a classic white savior story. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, hey man, look, he went native in the most literal sense. <laughs> Body swap. What I yep. remember most from that movie is that they use their ponytails for sex, but yep. also for steering their animals. So, so they're having sex with their. Are they, is that like? Are, is that like? Around, like sticking your genitals into an animal to steer them? Hey man, but imagine, I'm not here to kink shame. Imagine if your dick oh, yeah. was multi-purpose, you know, <laughs> and like pre- it could also steer your car. And prehensile. Yeah, exactly. It does its own thing. Like love sausage on the boys. I don't know. Every, all I know is that <laughs> <laughs> is every single um, time. 
since Terminator 2, every single movie James Cameron has put out, people have said it was going to flop and it would finally be his big failure. And each one has been like the biggest movie ever made. So I don't know. We'll see how how Avatar 2 ends up. So, yes, speaking of Avengers Endgame and its uh, box office, you guys want to play the box office top 10 game? No. Okay, well, oh. we'll just stop then. <laughs> That's that right. one. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> I knew it was going to come. Okay, fine, let's do it. Uh, what dare to open this week? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> we're not doing the box office of the week because we had right. we had a movie just last week that opened a week prior to this, and this is the only movie that opened this week. So, what? This is the only movie that opened this week. That's they knew what was up. only major release. There's some like smaller ones down in like the 20s and 30s and stuff. But okay, I guess that was smart. Yeah, but um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna. Play <laughs> there wasn't a- even a turtles movie this week. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing with penguins. Um, yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm torn as to even if I want to tell you what the theme of this box office top ten is, or just start describing and let you guess. Just start. Just go for yeah. it. Okay. We're, sm- we're smart. All right. So, the number 10 movie on this list. Was it Fast Color? <laughs> no. Damn. Uh, the number 10 uh, movie on Avatar. this list. I was really hoping it would jump up in the, the ranking. Um, Fast Color swept the Albies, <laughs> which is the awards that Al gives out. For, <laughs> for movies titled Fast Color. Yeah. Yep. It swept. Swept the Alpies. Uh all right. Our number ten movie this week, or on this uh list I have here. Um a teenager balances his life as an ordinary high school student with his after school job. Homecoming. Spider Man homecoming. You got it. Good. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Is this top ten debuts? Not top ten debuts, no. Um, number superhero. N- number nine. A group of friends struggle to stay together while dealing with personal family issues. The Avengers. Nope. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Which Volume one? Two. Yes, you got it, Josh. <laughs> this. When when you, when you guys figure out what the theme is, let me know. I think we got it. Uh, right. Is it yeah. characters from this movie? Is it top I mean, ten tech- grossing MCU? Other movies? Top ten grossing MCU. But yes, Al, technically, yes, characters from this movie also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, uh, number eight. Um, a man gets fired. Iron by a Man. bad boss. Iron Man? No. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. I ex- no, no, I did it wrong. Okay, let me try that again. Um, <laughs> two, friend, oh, man, two friends involve their social circles in their bickering. Civil War? Civil War, yeah. That was my fault. I was describing uh, the other one. 
Um, <laughs> oh, good. Winter Soldier. Oh, the other one. Winter yeah, Soldier. One. I was doing Winter Soldier at first. All right. Next oh. up. Um, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Thoreau didn't do any prep. No. Uh, let's see. A man. <laughs> A man makes a friend with a child and breaks a promise to his girlfriend. Iron Man 3? Yes, 3. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's see. <laughs> Our protagonist goes on a road trip with a new friend. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. <laughs> Jeremy got it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Woo. Okay. Um Mansplaining the movie. God. <laughs> All of them. Uh, Ultron? Age of Ultron. <laughs> yes, perfect. He does mansplain through the whole thing. Is it technically droid splaining? Yeah, is it robot splaining? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's more than a robot. Droid, yeah. Oh, thank you for explaining that to me, honey. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> I could tell by your ovaries you maybe didn't get it. Well, you know, Josh, I think it'd be really great. We could start our own podcast on the Harmless Network, Mansplaining uh -huh. Feminism, just to make sure everyone gets it. <laughs> I'm down. I want it to happen simultaneously with this one, though. I want it in real time. Like, it's couched no. within this show. <laughs> it's the show within a show. <laughs> Jeremy and I don't comment on what you're talking other than you're, every time you get something wrong. Uh, Actually, we have a guy for that. Al, I'm sorry. I would never take the job. <laughs> Thank you. Number four on our list. Uh, two brothers fight and one of them makes some new friends. <laughs> uh, Thor Ragnarok. No, damn. Oh wait, they weren't. They weren't fighting in that one. Thor: The Dark World. Nope. Thor. Nope. <laughs> the uh, Avengers. The Avengers. The first Avengers. Oh right, yeah. You forget Loki was sort of big. He wasn't the big, big bad, but you forget after all the Loki iterations we've seen since. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. He, he was the bad guy. He was the bad guy, yeah. Um, our number three. Our hero achieves his goal and stops a group of people <laughs> from stopping him. Maybe you Infinity War. Yes. <laughs> Wait, doesn't that posit that Thanos is the hero? Well, he's the protagonist. He's the protagonist. <laughs> he's the protagonist yeah. I, maybe I should have said protagonist. Yeah, but I mean, everything. We... Yeah. I mean, yeah. he thought he was the hero. <laughs> no, but we're following his story. Yeah. Everybody else is a reaction to him. He he has the hero's journey. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, number two. A boy has to take over the family business. Well, he's not a boy. A man has to take over the family business. Iron Man. Nope. War? No. The 
in which business is the... <laughs> a monarchy. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man? Princess Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> Wall Street. No, it's also the second biggest grossing, well, until recently. I'm not doing Rock ones that came Panther. out after Endgame, by the way. It's the sec- it was the second biggest grossing. Um, yeah, what Jeremy said. What'd you say, Jeremy? Black Panther? Black Panther, yes. Of course, number one, Time Heist. <laughs> Endgame. Yeah. So The porn yeah. version. Yeah, that's the top ten, uh, <laughs> the porn version, yeah. Starring Dale DeBone. <laughs> uh, that's the top. Yo, wait, is it called Avengers Rear End Game? I don't know. There's no title on the poster, and I didn't look it up. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Weird search history. Yeah. Well, I did type in a, I did type in Endgame porn parody, and it wasn't in incognito <laughs> mode. So the NSA is like, I'm not sure what to do with this one. <laughs> Uh, that is our box office top 10. Um, we don't have any additional character background this week. Al gets the week off since this is only people with this large of a cast. We still only have people we've seen before. Um, Love it. yeah. And, uh, speaking of the cast, that brings us to the production um, it was again directed by the Russos, who did uh, Infinity War and the last two Captain Marvel or Captain Event or Captain America <laughs> movies. Uh, Marcus and McFeely wrote it, just like all of those ones I just mentioned. And our cast, Andrea, do you have something to say about our cast here? <laughs> Yeah, so I figured since it is Endgame and featuring nearly every actor we have seen thus far in the MCU, uh, that we could play sort of just a speedy round of last man standing. So uh, rather than throw reading the list, we just kind of go one by one, name an actor and the character they played, whatever version of the character name, if you want to say the superhero or the real name. Uh, And if you take too long, you're out. If you name someone who isn't in the movie, you're out, and we go until there's one of us left. Okay, so we have to do actor and character? Yeah. Okay. All right. So blankety blank as Captain Blank. Okay. (laughs) I love Captain Blank. He's my favorite, by the way. (laughs) Oh, his name is Blank Man, and he is one of our favorites. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Was he in the MCU? Did he show up? He's in there at the end, right? He He should I bet they own his studio. Oh, God. Yeah. They put him in a team up with Howard the Duck and Cosmo the Space Dog. <laughs> and Hero at Large. I'd watch no, it. no. Sorry. Meteor Man. He's got to go. Yeah. Meteor Love Man. Titan, the Baby Lords. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Baby Lords. Cotton okay. Throwing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, Andy, start us off. Who's the. First oh, okay. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Uh, so I was going to say to go in intro order, but it's we- so throw start and we'll go in our same intro order. Okay, so I'll start. All right. So, well, it's, all right. So you do Iron Man's. I think is a gimme. So um, Chris Evans as Captain America. Okay, um, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Vin- Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Vin Diesel as Groot. 
Seth Gunn as Kraglin. Wow. <laughs> Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Ant-Man. Um, oh, it's back to me. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo yep. as Hulk. Oh, shit. Sorry, I jumped in. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, let's see. Uh, John Slattery as Howard Stark. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Benedict Wong as Wong. Uh, Brie uh, Larson. Sorry, Rene Russo as Frigga. Yes, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Um, Hiddleston. Oh, I keep jumping, Josh. Sorry. Yep. Oh, <laughs> for years now. <laughs> um, I keep forgetting. Shit, I just had. Oh, Bradley Cooper as Rocket. Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Palm Clementoff as Mantis. Good work on that last name. It's not Clementif. Anyway. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> Palm Wonderful. Yeah. See you, Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh, that's my bad. Um, uh, we're going to go Seth Green as Howard the Duck. Nice. Ooh. Uh, I had that one in my back pocket. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Um, Josh Brolin as Thanos. Uh, I don't know her. I don't know how to say her real name or her character name. Pita <laughs> Nyong'o? Is that her? As? She, she plays the Wakandan bodyguard. I don't know her character's name either. This was a fail. I'm going to go with Chadwick Boseman <laughs> as the Black Panther. <laughs> All right, and I think you were actually thinking of uh, Danae Guerrero as Okoye. Yeah. Yes, that's it. <sighs> Brian. I, <laughs> I'm not going to be any further racist, so just move on. <laughs> yes. I mean, so I think Nakia is not in this movie, Lupita Nyong'o's. She's not. No, she's so not. So it was good uh, that you switched it up. Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Ooh. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer as uh, Janet. Yep. Yeah. Ben Dine. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye or Clint Barton. Oh, I already said that one. I believe that was oh, said. Shit. Shit. Uh, Don Cheadle as uh, Rhodey. Nice. Uh, William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> he is. He's in the background. Um, <laughs> at the funeral, yeah. Um, okay. Evang Evangeline, Lil Evangeline Lilly as Hope Bandine. Uh Linda Cardellini as Mrs. Barton. Amuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Bettany as The Vision. No, oh, he's dead. He's dead. Oh. Oh. He's, dead. <laughs> he's one of the only ones. Oh, no. I know he doesn't even get a flashback voice. No, yeah, or an alternate version like Gamora. Yeah, hmm. who, who was d dead? Dead. You know. Do you have a backup, Jeremy? Oh yeah, we'll just go. Because uh, I can't do Paul Bettany. I am going to go with. Um, uh, Michael Pena as Luis. Nope. Nice. 
Wait, is Luis oh, in not... this? Also does not appear. No, oh, Luis he's is not, not in this one. Van. One of my unanswered questions. Oh. I was dying to know what happens to Luis. Yeah, we know. Not in the so background of the funeral? He wasn't at the funeral, no. Only the oh, band dines God. and... uh swore he was. Yeah. I'm just going to name every actor who's not in the movie. Not <laughs> oh, I got one. Harrison <laughs> Ford. <laughs> it is easier yeah. to name people who were in it. Uh, yeah, Lauren Hutton. Uh, <laughs> Dame yeah. Judy Dent. <laughs> the Queen of England. Yes. No, wait, I had one. Oh, shit. Well, wait, uh, I no, think no. it's Al's turn. It's Al's turn, though. Okay. Um, Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, oh, um, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. Oh, nice. Uh, did, did we already say Brie Larson as Captain Marvel? Yeah. Okay, then uh, Letitia Wright as Shuri. Okay. It's Jeremy Street. No, it's your. You... Oh, oh, I did it again. It's because I'm right after Thoreau in the pictures that I see. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, your turn. Oh, um, I can't remember shit his name, but Robert Redford as a deputy director of Shield. Secretary. Oh, someone. secretary, Mr. Secretary. Here, his he says friends it. call him. Yeah. <laughs> if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then now I'll say Letitia Wright. Sure. Right. Uh, Jim Starlin is a sad man in therapy. (laughs) That's what I was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. His power is being sad. (laughs) (laughs) His power is inventing the infinity stones. It all comes down to him. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, who else wasn't in this movie? Joe Grillo as Crossbones. Yeah. Nice. Good one. Um, Karen Gillan as Nebula. Nice. Um, has anyone um, said Zoe Saldana as Gamora? Oh yes. yeah, a long time ago. We did say that already. I did. Okay. Uh, uh have we said Chris Pratt as Star Lord? Uh, nope. No. Or nope. or Dave Bautista. And nobody mentioned weird faced little Russo girl as Hawkeye's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you got Dave Bautista. Um, oh, I was just thinking. It. Oh, um, Anthony Mackie is Falcon. Ah, nice. Brian. Sebastian Stan is Bucky Barnes. Oh, yeah. yeah. No one said Bucky yet. Wow. Nice. Nice. All right, Jeremy. Oh, shoot. This this is where it starts to get hard. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Tilda Swinton. As the ancient oh, one. Oh, yes. yes. Oh. Nice. Um, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, oh, Angela Bassett as is it Ramonda? Yeah, she's yep. there at the end, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going with Carrie Coombs as um, Proxima Midnight. Nice. Nice. Uh, Taika Waititi as Korg. Oh, <laughs> Oh my God! I don't know if everyone saw the movie, but there was quite a revelation about. <laughs> yes, <Eek>. yes, there <laughs> was. Loved it. Uh, All right. Oh God! Yeah, I don't know. The Russo gang is the Von Trapp family. I'm running. Out, <laughs> I'm out of people. I don't. Are there any other characters that we have? Russo kids to? as kids in diner. Yeah. Um, and you sad could, dad. 
You can say Renner twice because he is Ronan. Hawkeye. <laughs> no, Renner's serious, already right? been said twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, twice? I didn't know. <laughs> oh, was... yeah, that's true. I didn't I know Ronan. I think of the, a- the actor uh, that he kills in Japan. Oh, that guy's yeah. super famous. I can't think of his name. He is a famous Japanese. He's, he's uh-huh. a contemporary actor. He still works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's on Westworld all the Wolverine movies. Oh, right, that, right. Like, Japan, I'm pretty sure. Anytime they need like a samurai or a shogun for a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, or like a Yakuza bad guy. <laughs> like in this, he was all in leather. Just ooh, He's a bad guy. Fighting um, in the rain, yeah. I don't know if I can think of anybody else. I think my the only ones I still have in my pocket are, are community players. Um, oh, but we don't really yeah. have non, character non-speaking names. Non-speaking security Doc, guard. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Ken. Ken. His power and, is reading. Yeah. And uh, Yvette Nicole Brown as suspicious lady in elevator. Yeah. Hey, did you guys know Yvette mm. Nicole Brown was in the um, Motown Philly video? She was in the East Coast family. She I, was. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was. Good for her. Yeah. Does That's anyone great. have anyone else? Um, did we ever say Peggy Carter? Haley Atwell? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. No. Or her did, niece. Did we ever say Elizabeth Olsen? Uh, I, did anyone say oh. a, a Scarlet <laughs> no. Witch? No. I don't think Wanda we did. Maximoff? And, and technically, yeah. Marissa Tomei was in the movie. Yes, yes, she was at the end. Did anyone yeah. say... Oh, my- and uh, John Favreau, Happy Hogan. Jan- John Favreau. Did anybody say... Did, I can't remember. Did anyone say Michael Douglas? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Someone, someone brought up Michael oh, Douglas. Natalie Portman was in oh, this movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. She asked for pants. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, I'll bring up the. Oh. Uh, yes. See if we missed any. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kobe Smolders. Oh yes, yes. Oh, Kobe Smolders and Maria Hill. Yeah, well, yeah. and and uh, uh, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, and we uh, did mention- it's Red Skull played by Hugo Weaving, or is it Ross? No, it's, it's Marquand. Marquand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marquand. Oh well, we didn't get um. Let's see, we didn't get uh Maximiliano Hernandez as Jasper Sitwell. Um, <laughs> the bald dude. <laughs> The, oh, ball, yeah, yeah. the bald, the uh, bald, oh, shield, yeah. shield guy, the yeah slash Hydra, Hydra actually, yeah. yeah, Hydra. Um, let's and Rumlow also. I can't remember. We did get Rumlow. One of us, Jeremy got, said. Jeremy him. said yeah. Rumlow. Yeah. Uh, let's oh, right. say, let's see. Um, who else did we miss? Um, we got Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, oh, Terry Notary is Call Obsidian. James Shaw is Corvus Glaive. Uh, did um, we get the kid from Iron Man Three? Yeah, I can't remember that actor's name. I can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, but he was there. <laughs> um, Winston Duke as Mbaku. Um, Tom Von Lawler oh. as Ebony Ma. Um, oh, right. That's that's the major ones. Oh, and uh, Joe Russo as one of the sad guys. In- got, yeah, yeah, a guy in support group who yeah. went on a date. Yeah, exactly. Sad guy club. Which is, by the way, the first canonically gay character in the MCU. Look, one of the Russos was like, I gotta do it. <laughs> like, it's gotta be me. 
also does it count uh, like because I mean Loki later comes out as bi, but he comes and out Valkyrie. later. So well, and Loki and Were Valkyrie, we? but it's Were not. But it's later. later. This, yeah, this is the first acknowledged. Yeah. First time it's been out character. That yeah. all of the space characters aren't at least. Most of the space characters all seem pretty fluid. They seem pretty fluid, pretty pan. I think a lot of them. Yeah, well, yeah species. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're into whatever floats their boat, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, progressive universe. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. You don't want to not get invited to the orgy. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Or herogasm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's Oof. weird. Why have I seen two different pieces of media where they mention super being orgies? Re- yeah. yeah. Why is that in the zeitgeist yeah. all of a sudden? <laughs> so, uh. all right. That's pretty much um, covers it for production. Uh, guys, are we ready to jump in? Oh, wait. I, this has 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. I meant to mention. Um, awesome. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the music was Alan Silvestri. He was back Silvestri. for, for back, Infinity yeah. War and this one. Compilation of like yeah. all of our past themes at different times. Yeah, which is he brought in everybody's the themes here and yeah. there, and yeah, um, yeah. Um, I I mean I want to say that if, d- despite any flaws or questions we might have, this felt like the culmination of something that I've been waiting for my entire life. You know what I mean? Warts and all, I had been waiting to see these characters together on screen doing their thing. So all of them. Yeah, guys, all of them. I like I've been th- waiting my life for that. <laughs> I just thought of a very important one that we missed. What? Stan Lee in his final cameo oh, as it was uh, as dude himself. in Mustang. Yeah. It's I think it's supposed to be himself. Like Stanley is Stanley because yeah. it like the enough the enough said bumper sticker yeah you know, his, his hair yeah good point is and that is himself. just what he looked like in the seventies yep make love not war yeah yeah um yeah and I mean it, it I don't know of any film that brought that that was like the twentieth film in a series that had such a satisfying and complete culmination. Um, yeah. Just, there aren't a lot of movie series that have a 20th movie. No. It's, like, it's <laughs> Godzilla true. and Bond. 007. Yeah. I don't know if they're at 20 yet. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about it as we go along, but it, it is so it's artful. The tapestry that has been woven from, you know, yeah. the first Iron Man until now and yet, at the same time, like, because you feel like, okay, I, so if you've watched every movie before this, you get something from every single movie you've seen referenced and like it brings something to it. But at the same time, if you're someone who hasn't seen all the movies, you can still enjoy this movie. Like I had a friend who hadn't seen any of them and like went with her boyfriend and was still like, wow, that's a good movie. Now I want to watch the other ones. Nice. When they announced that they were doing a whole run-up to Infinity War way back, I was incredibly skeptical because of the quality of superhero movies up to that point. I was like, they will never pull this off. 
It's going to fall apart at some point. There is no way this will work in any meaningful way other yeah. than May. Well, and the, the scope was so huge. You know, if you we, we read the comics, the Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity War, you couldn't imagine bringing all these cosmic entities in all of the sudden and expanding. They're doing it now. We're going cosmic now. But I, I'm with Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Like, I was skeptical. Like, this is too huge. This encompasses too much of this universe well, to just throw it throw it on us. They they announced the two Infinity War movies. They announced them as Infinity War Part One and Part Two in 2014, which was mm-hmm. after the Dark World, right? Yep. Yeah, because I mean that's the first time we hear Infinity Stones yep. really right. mentioned in a story way, um, and that movie, as we all know, is not necessarily the not highest great. regarded superhero <laughs> film of all time or in the MCU. But to say we're going to do this ambitious thing and have that movie kind of just be milk toast. Was it Avengers that ended with, I'll do it myself? Yeah. Uh, that was Ultron, wasn't it? Ultron. No, what? Oh, yeah. That ended with Ultron ended with, I'll do it myself. Um, the first sitting on his, his chair, Thanos sitting on the chair, was at the end of the first Avengers. The first, that was one, is the, yeah. the first Joss one is Whedon. the dude says to him to... To, to seek the stones would be courting death. And that's when he yeah. smiles. Yeah. And that was like the, Ooh. Yeah. 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 That, that was when he was like weirdly purple. <laughs> like, it had, they still like, hadn't even cashed Brolin yet. Yeah. Brolin wasn't even right. in the role. The mocap was on a different size shaped face. Yeah. Rather. Yeah, exactly. So, well, all right, guys, you ready to jump into the movie? Assemble. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a minute. It's a, we're already assembled. Think of a better. Yes, I know. Like, I mean, that moment's perfect, but also like, there's so many questions I have about it. Just from like <laughs> it a, made sense in the comics when they, you know, might be battling on their own and shit. And yeah. It's like assembled for an attack, but like, dude, yeah. we're already be like, we're assembled. That was the plan. Be like, it's a weird oh my God. battle cry. Steve Rogers doesn't know what the word assemble means. <laughs> is what it comes to. It should have just been roadie going. We should have just went back in time to baby Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Assemble means getting uh, on top of each other's shoulders. Yeah. So, <laughs> like a, vol- a Voltron situation. What I say after I go to Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> Assemble. <laughs> Assemble this shelf. So, all right, guys. Here we go. We're jumping in. This is Avengers Endgame. We open on Hawkeye. He had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. I I won't do, I promise I won't do this throughout. But speaking of Stanley and his his tribute, the Marvel logo plays uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic. Um, I find that to be one of the sweetest tributes that they've done for him. Yeah, absolutely. And it was all shots of his cameos. It, It was just classy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that comes that we, we uh, after the Hawkeye scene, we cut into that. Um, from my bad, from, yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> okay, now wait. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, they're having a picnic. Somebody likes mayo on a hot dog. Um, they all turn to Norrin uh, dogs. Barton's ankle bracelet. Yeah, his house arrest bracelet. Yeah, exactly. Um, everyone turns to dust, but him, and then he's sad. And then we get the uh, the Mister Fantasy needle drop um, with the, uh, he's I, murderously I, sad. I, yes. I just want to say about that 
it's random, but damn, that is shit luck, man. Yeah. yeah. Every member of your family is part of that 50%. Like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think about that. That's like lottery numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he didn't get a single kid left. Not, not one, one. Not even the least favorite. <laughs> not even the one he only <laughs> pretends to like. His son with a gigantic dirty. head. Because yeah, his son has a huge head. I think so. And the one that appears to be half Asian for some reason. He's <laughs> um, like, uh, Linda Cardellini, do you want to tell me something? <laughs> Look, you were gone a lot. <laughs> I, uh, um, I have. I think that seems important, though, because, you know, like the end of Infinity War, we saw the dusting happen in this epic way mm-hmm. of everyone who was there was in a was fighting a battle to prevent this thing from happening and knew it was a possibility. And this is us seeing what it was like kind of for for normal people, in a sense, you were just the out there the living world. your life. Right. And but, then suddenly people were gone. Right. Like he literally turns around. Yeah, and they're just gone. And no, exactly right. It shows what it's like for normal people just going about their lives that weren't part of the battle. But it also, by using Hawkeye and his family, it's done in such a way, in a way that's so impactful to the story of this movie that we're telling. So yeah, it was perfect, perfect way to start the movie. I'm pretty sure it was the the director's commentary they were talking about. They didn't know what movie to put this scene in. And they Mm -hmm. thought about putting this at the end of Infinity War. And they decided to put it at the beginning of Endgame because it's just smart gut punch. And it's like insult. It's salt on the wound after watching all the heroes die. Here's Hawkeye's children dying. Yeah. Well, yeah. And why would you double down on the impact? Yeah, exactly. You know, like there's not a more emotional moment that I can think of in a recent movie as when Peter Parker dies Mm. or, you know, like his spider sense, he can feel it coming. Mm. And then he has that sad begging sort of. So anyways, if you, if you had all that shit and then at the very end you tacked on just the Barton family disappeared, yeah. like Andrea said, we need to see the giant stakes, yeah. the heroes disappearing. Well, and not and only then, that, but we have to remember there was what a year between the two movies. Mm-hmm. So you right. end Infinity War on the emotional gut punch of everyone dusting in that Peter Parker moment and all that. We uh-huh. want to be in that same headspace when this movie starts. Yeah. So, yeah. what better way to put us right back in that headspace? Than to show yeah. family <laughs> evaporate. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely, um, and especially because he wasn't totally aware. He was purposely off the radar. The government <clears throat> said he couldn't really, so he knew about Thanos. He knew shit was up, but he didn't know what happened then. Yeah, so it was also a surprise. Yeah, that was genuine. And he's not really the guy you need to call. When no, no. Like we're going to fight well, dude, in Africa. Call the archer, dude. Like <laughs> I'm retired, bro. What am I going to do? Out? <laughs> I only throw things for fun now. Yeah. Um. So after our Marvel logo, we cut to space. Uh, Tony and Nebula um, are killing time while drifting through space. They've run out of fuel, food, and water. Tony records a message for Pepper. As he always does. Yeah, he does a lot of that. Yeah. How he many, does. how many, well, I don't know if I'm going to die, so I'm leaving you a message, messages does Pepper have from him. Yeah, yeah it's not weird, you know, yeah, sure. if you had your cell phone and you were trapped somewhere, you'd make videos, oh, but yeah. it's funny. He's, he's constantly doing it. Do you think I she saved all of them? Like, there's got to be some that have happened off camera and other ev- ev- adventures. You think he's ever, like, promised her something? 
and one of those he had no intention of fulfilling, and then like he comes back from the mission. She's like, I'm holding you to that one. Well, that's like well, like in infinite- I promise we'll get a puppy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I make it through this, I promise. Well, that's why I think it's funny, like in Infinity War, when at the beginning when they were in the park, when they were talking about um, like the future and having kids and stuff, and he's like, you know, I should make you a promise, but he doesn't make a promise. He just says he sh- <laughs> should make her a promise. I also think, and I mean, we're very much jumping ahead, but why she is sort of very serene and accepting at the end of this movie because she has faced this moment in her mind yeah. several times. Oh, like, wow. oh, yeah. Tony's been like, I'll meet you for turn at eight unless I die. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit I like the princess too. bride. <laughs> I'll probably kill you in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think Tony's always known his story ends in death. Like Tony's always known in the end, he wasn't going to make it out and it was gonna go that way for him. He, I don't know if he ever thought he'd be the sacrificial type, right. but I think he always knew it's going to be a blaze of glory for me. Well, in the yeah. MCU, he literally privatized world peace. He brought peace to the planet by stopping, you know, standing armies from fighting each other, essentially is mm-hmm. what's implied. So uh-huh. this is all he does. This is his life. He's like, yeah, sorry, I got to go out and, to another country and deal with this. It's weird. It's weird to think of the implications of that with their relationship and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and it's, it's weird to think of the implication of him then making her the, uh, rescue suit. <laughs> like, cause it's like, well, at that point, especially it's really <laughs> interesting cause they haven't faced anything in five years. Um, he's, I can't imagine he would want pepper involved in all of that. And uh, well, I mean, Tony thinks of those suits like he thinks of guns. So yeah. for him, his yeah. lady and his mind is just as competent as he is. So she right. needs to have that thing on her. Like she needs to have a contingency in case he's, and he's not there. It's kind of a situation, though, where it's like you're an electrician and you give your wife a belt and suddenly she's an electrician, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's some nuance here, honey. But uh, thank you, thank you for asking. Apparently, we saw her do some shit she, in Iron Man three. In Iron Man three, she got powered a little bit and did some yeah. stuff. But they, yeah, well, they, and the suit doesn't take a lot of thought. It's no, really, it's, it's, it's very intuitive. It's it's a prosthetic. It literally is connected to his mind. Like he okay. says that as a joke. He's like, "This is a prosthetic. It's it, not even a." A weapon. It, it acts the same way as like when you like sign into an account on like a new device, and all you have to do is scan the QR code, and then it just does it for you. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry I said anything about Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yes, I'm not buying any of her wares. <laughs> well, hey, I ordered really goop. the healing crystal. I, I yeah, I goop. I, that uh, made her able to fly. That I have, I have an right egg, I have an egg shaped rock in me right now. Just. <laughs> Just one? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's always a gem of mineral. I mean, they're expensive. That's Who can afford more that. than one? My favorite what? part is that she has um, pH balanced water, and she says, "I like to put some lemon in it." That do you know how that pH? Is that the pH? <laughs> it's an acid. <laughs> God damn it! And I saw that on one of her commercials. I was like, you son of a bitch! One of the one of the funniest things I've ever seen is she was on the Chef Show which is like John Favreau's show. 
And she yes. talks about on her nonsense. And you can see, like, Roy Choi, the chef on the chef show with them, like, looking at John Favreau. And John Favreau's like, okay, okay. Uh, back to the food we're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you nut. Uh, so, so for us, back to the, the moment, um, for us as viewers, it, it also does like emotional foreshadowing because when like Tony closes his eyes for that like five seconds and we don't know it like we don't know if he's going to make it. And in the theater, we were kind of like, Oh wow, this is happening. And so we start going through that whole thought process and emotions of losing Tony Stark at the beginning of the movie and then revisit it later. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And like you said, they really do hold on that for quite a while. They let it just sit there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause it doesn't, not to like pick apart the fact that, he is rescued, but like, it doesn't make sense. How is he going to get home so fast? You know, mm-hmm. how is that going to work? And they just give it to us. It works. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Fine. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all fine. All there. I mean, there's so many little pieces that technically make no sense in this, but it doesn't matter. Cause it all just works. It I'll works. allow it. Yeah. It's comic. Right. Movie. Yeah. Hobbled well, together. They're fighting bodybuilder grimace. I'll accept most things at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but it is it is interesting because yeah, like we said, we see Hawkeye, and so that's the personal human level of what happened. And then we cut to the outcome of those who weren't blipped, but you know, are stuck now. So it was interesting right off the bat. Give us both of those. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, okay. So we uh Let's see. They get rescued by Captain Marvel. We cut to Cap. He's shaving his COVID beard. Um, <laughs> How satisfying was it to see Carol? Yeah. Every time she showed up on screen in this movie, every time it was like, damn. Yeah. The audience cheered, you know, when they first showed her. Yeah. It, it was at, great. Well, she, she gets to save the day at the beginning and the end. She's um, a badass. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, she returns to Earth with Tony and Nebula's ship. Tony is reunited with Cap for the first time since Civil War. Um, and they're just immediately are just like right back where they were. Um, right. Uh, some I told you so's the you said you'd be there and you weren't. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. first they get fucked up. Yeah, but first they get to like be sad together for just a minute before just a minute. Yeah. I lost the kid. And yeah. well, cap is so mission yeah, focused. He has still got his eye on the ball. Did he give you coordinates or any clues? Oh yeah. yeah. Cap is like, I'm still going to win this shit. You understand that, right? Like right. fucking modern we're, mentality. We're going to win still, bro. Well, and we are mind, still in the mission. They it's are now happening. together. Yeah. Right. And now we can win because we are now together. Yeah. I, bet you I think it was most disappointed that Tony wasn't where he was at. Tony's like, I lost the kid. I'm depressed. Everything is fucked. This is terrible. And Steve is like, dude, we're, we're back together. The band yeah. is back. We got this shit. Like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was a little unfair of Tony because cap was not doing nothing. Yeah. No. Well, you no, know, but that's it's like, t- there was a battle on two fronts. And so it's just like, you said you'd be there and you weren't there. And he's like, I was there. Yeah, the fight was not on tight. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's Tony's go-to move is to get angry at people for when, when he's mad at himself for failing. Yeah, it's projection. It's projection. He lost the kid, but yeah. But it's Cap's fault because then he gets to yell right. and scream about it. Which is so much more interesting than him showing up and being like, all right, pal, we're here. Right. Let's go fight yes. Thanos again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like Steve, Steve could have been like, yo, man, you want to know what happened when I faced off with Thanos? I did a right. hell of a lot less than you did. He just punched me, and that was it. Right. <laughs> he yeah. hit me, I hit the ground. That's all that happened. Yep. I watched every one of our friends, except for the few that were with you. I watched them all, you know, either yeah. lose the fight or disappear. Yeah. Uh, Plus, Tony's in no condition to go fight anybody. At no, this no, no. He needs no. that yeah. bed. <laughs> he should not have been having this conversation. He should have been laying in bed. I know he's got the IV and he's in the wheelchair, but he, he still should he have just been, been resting. Yeah. Well, and they they don't say it, but they show it. He takes off the arc reactor and he yeah. collapses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Sh- it's doing more than just being cool on his chest. It's doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. He, he should have been carb loading at this point. awesome pasta yeah yeah well and it's that thing of you know they were all faced off with thanos but like tony does say he threw a fucking moon at me (laughs) yeah you know like you have no idea you put this on him and you fucking run Mm-hmm. You know, wiped, like that's the advice you gave about T-Rex was coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you have no idea. I know what you saw, but come on. Yeah, yeah. So, also, props to props to my boy Thor. Also, just ready to fade Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Thor's. <laughs> at- oh my god. Thor. <laughs> I like the general confusion around Strange's move. They establish it, and he wiped my face with the moon while the uh, Bleecker Street musician. Gave away, away the store. Yeah. Yeah. They, Nobody they, understands. He said there was a way to win. You yeah. Know? And that, just like, I don't know why he did that. Right. And it, it, it doesn't, there's no understanding from anyone up until that point later on in the middle of the time heist. Um, so yeah, they're, they're arguing. Um, Tony passes out. He gets put to bed. The others continue to discuss what to do. Um, they find an energy signature that matches the snaps energy signature. Um, they decide to head to that planet to get the stones back and reverse the snap. I loved the uh, the bit with Carol Danvers and Thor when he tries to make her flinch uh, with Stormbreaker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it just, um, it's just so cool. Just so kind of badass of both of them. Um, but just ending it with, I like this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I love that. And got him up from eating bread and drinking beer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I love, um, yeah, I love that shot, that scene. I, Brie Larson is, since rewatching Captain Marvel for this show, like I'm just, she's absolutely perfect her. and charming in every single scene she's playing Captain Marvel. And all of this that we're seeing here, this is the first she's ever filmed, right? This sequence, no. this is the post credits thing, the tag. I believe, yeah, she's, she. Infinity War. And this scene were all filmed before Captain Marvel was filmed. Right. When they were still trying to film them concurrently. Um, <laughs> but then they stopped um, and just focused on Infinity War because the Russo said they found it too difficult to try to film them both at the same time. So I, I have a thought on this because everybody's not to say everybody. Most of the complaints that I've heard that are like annoying about Captain Marvel, the movie, were 
just annoying. Um, but some people were like, she's so stoic. Yeah. She's so stoic. She doesn't, there's not a lot of personality there. And I'm, and I, I don't think that necessarily because I think that the stoicism is the personality and she's a fighter pilot. It's part of it. Yeah. She's earned uh-huh. it. But this scene demands that she shows up and is stoic and ready for battle. Mm-hmm. And she did this first. Yeah. Well, so she's working her way into this from being somebody who is a fighter pilot already kind of wired like that. But to me, well, it makes sense from her perspective as an actor, starting with this, like, I have to look badass to Thor. First thing I do. Well, and also, um, you, you know, she drops some science. She's like, you're not the only planet. You're not the only people in distress. You, you know, like, yeah, I'm here to help. But check your fucking egos. Like, I'm right. a busy lady. She has the whole you galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the comics, her and Rhodey are an item. Um, and there's the great interaction. Look, new girl. We're all about that superhero life. Like, right. She she's given it right back to them, but also they're like, we just we want to kill something. Please. Yeah, like, well, she's like, I'm not a super. You know, she doesn't say it, but she's not a superhero. She's not um Earth's mightiest blobity blot. You know what I mean? Yeah, she, that's box. that's her job. She's a space cop. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. She's a Green Lantern she's, of sorts. She's a general you know do gooder. She goes out looking for people who need help. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the whole galaxy. So. Um, we finally get our title card. Um, they head back into, they head into space. Some of them for the first time, uh, they arrive at, uh, um, the planet and Captain Marvel goes down first to check it out. They find that Thanos is all alone with no defenses on the planet. Thanos is making some stew. Got himself a pork bone, put it in a pot. You got yourself a stew. He got himself a stew going. Yeah. Thanos right. was straight up on some pole pot stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Genocide been farming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's totally it. Do you think he used the Infinity Gauntlet to make this garden? Or do you think he just. No, he grew in that shit. And like he's, he's been, been doing this years. for many years. Yeah. He, he stops shit. by there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's his. I think. I think he snapped the dude who had made that garden and then took it over. <laughs> That's true. Yes. That's true. He justified um, that planet. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Opposite of what his plan had been. Well, um, so, well, we, we can assume he already had that place staked out and picked out because at the end of Infinity War, he like pops up in a little lean-to. Yeah. Nebula so says... Been, yeah, he's he's he planned that place specifically anyway. Yeah, so, well, that he, was he, he had a garden there 155 years ago. Yeah, he cashed out his pension yeah. and went into his retirement like uh, house. Yeah, Nebula said he, he talked about it all the time. I do want to point out that the scarecrow made of his armor is yeah. an absolute direct panel from one mm-hmm. of the Infinity War. Comics, I think it's yeah. I think it's the end of the first part before they may just comes and gets him or something. Yeah, I, I think that that sounds right. But yeah, they made it look dead on. It's pretty cool. Um. So yeah, he makes some soup. The Avengers arrive. Thor cuts off his hand. Um. They see that <laughs> he lives. He moved down to Del Boca Vista. That's what the situation <laughs> is. <laughs> Uh, um, they demand to know the whereabouts of the stones. He says he used the stones to destroy the stones so that his snap can never be undone. In a fit of anger, Thor cuts off his head. 
which First he apologizes to Nebula and she gets maybe five seconds of validation. Uh, and then Thor's like, daughter, I'm off right now. Thank you, perhaps daughter. I, perhaps I treated you unfairly. Yeah. He's so histrionic. He has to get his speech in. Oh, God. Maybe yeah. more than any villain. Yeah. Uh, daughter. Daughter. Well, like they're wa- like they're walking up. So even later on, like like when they're walking up to him and he's sitting in the rubble and he's like, like uh, you couldn't live with your failures. Like, dude, you just met these people. You're not twenty twenty. You're not yeah. that Thanos. You're a new Thanos, and you just met them, but you're still talking about what they couldn't stand in their failures. <laughs> like, well, and we'll get there. But he he watched all the gameplay tapes. He's seen right. it all. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta think Freddy. about this. So one, Thanos is a master of magic and science and all of these things. He at one point had all of the stones. You think he probably didn't like go to his past and be like, just so you know, guys, this is all gonna work out in the end. Just yeah. so you know. Check <laughs> it. Uh... And that's why he's so self-assured. Like, it's sort of like one of those like bootstrap paradoxes of he's sure that he's going to do this because he's told himself in the past he's going to do this. So mm. he knows he's going to do it, which means he has to. Plus, he's a master of karate and friendship for everyone. <laughs> yes. well, he, he legitimately throat chopped the Incredible Hulk. So. No, that's true. He's a uh, badass hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, he is. Um, we get another card. It reads five, wait for it, years later. That was mind blowing as well in the theater. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There was no clue that they were going to do that to us. No, that they they kept that completely out of any sort of um, uh, uh, promotional material. It didn't leak out as Brilliant. far as yeah, yeah. In the trailer, all we see of that is the Statue of Liberty surrounded by boats. Yeah, mm-hmm. it actually did leak. Um. Uh, it leaked a few months before the movie dropped. There's this one dude who works at Disney who occasionally leaks things to Reddit. Yeah, and, I've heard about him. Well, yeah, if you were on he, Marvel Studio spoilers, then you you could have known about it if you wanted to. He was the guy who leaked the footage of Han Solo getting killed like a week before the movie came out. That's what a dick. Yeah, I I stay off certain subreddits when big movies are coming out for you at least a few to. weeks prior. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so then we uh, see a very empty New York City. Cap is leading a survivor support group. Cap loves to hear himself talk. <laughs> Love the dude, but he can speechify. Um, we cut to see- aggravatingly optimistic. Every Do you know what I mean? Single. It's 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 almost Ted Lasso um, levels of of toxic positivity. Yeah, insulting. He makes that same speech every group therapy session. You know it. <laughs> I feel like Steve has to make that speech because he literally has lost so much in his life that he's yeah. like one bad day away from falling down a hole. Right, yeah. <laughs> every day he's just like. I woke up a hundred years later and everyone I loved is dead. Now everyone else I loved is dead too. So, hey. Takes every opportunity to remind everyone. Like, hey, when I went into the ice, all right, man, you went into the ice. I'm talking about me now. Right. (laughs) Uh, uh, We'll probably mention this again, but timing wise, it is interesting that 
this movie dealing with a massive population uh, event, uh, <laughs> a massive population reducing event happened right before we collectively as a world experienced yeah. such a thing. And some of those shots in New York and everything like that, we can recognize from when New York was first shut down. Yeah. Watching this post COVID, there's a lot of stuff that's like eerie. Yeah. Uh, the pot of whales. Yeah. Yes. The pot of whales. Exactly. Yeah. Shit like the whales that happened. Happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the ocean started to come back to life. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yep. Um, so we cut to San Francisco in a storage facility. A rat walks across the controls of Hank Pym's special van machine. Um, Scott How Lang. How lucky is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the one. <laughs> The one chance it all came down yeah. to the rat. There was a lot yeah. of those universes he checked where the rat just walked a little to the left. <laughs> yep, exactly. But it's a fun device. It is. It is. And it took five years. It took it's not like it happened six months later. It took five years for that yeah. rat to walk <laughs> across. You gotta think everyone who was on Titan with Strange probably went through a lot of emotional turmoil about the fact that they let him make that play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he tells them, this is the only way we're going to win. And, you know, when someone says that, you assume, oh, well, then that means we're going to turn this around right now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Later, it's like, yeah. that wizard was out of his mind. He I did not believe that I listened to yeah. him. He did not tell them it was going to take five years. <laughs> yeah. Little did he know Thanos had the royal flush. Yeah. Like, and um, it, it wasn't this movie, but we've now heard him say twice that in the grand calculus of the multiverse, your sacrifice really means mm. nothing. You know, yeah. so he knew Tony was going to die. He didn't want Tony to try to prevent his own death. Mm-hmm. He, he just always has that attitude, like the, the Spock attitude, the Karl Marx attitude. The, yeah. the needs of the many outweigh the need of the few. So. Peace. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry you went wong. <laughs> went wong. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, Scott Lang reappears from the quantum realm where he was stuck since the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, he gets out of the storage facility thanks to Dr. Ken um, and discovers that the world has changed. Um, it's changed. <laughs> <laughs> so mini skirt. <laughs> Dr. Ken could have given him a little bit of a heads up. Right. He just sent him out there. Oh, man. He has one job. Get out of here. Right. <laughs> Look, Dr. Ken is suffering from Changnesia, so he doesn't need That's that. Changnesia. That's the problem. That's absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> he finds a monument to those that were snapped and discovers his own name on it. He goes home and finds that his daughter, Cassie, is still alive, but now a teenager. Um, we cut to the Avengers compound. Uh, Natasha's holding a Zoom meeting uh, with Okoye, Rocket, Captain Marvel, Nebula, and Rhodey. We get a little possible Namor tease here with the underwater uh, earthquakes from uh, yeah. happening near Wakanda. Um, then, uh, let's see, Captain Marvel says she's going to be away for a while protecting the other planets. The meeting ends, but Rhodey stays on. He tells her that there was a cartel in Mexico that was all murdered. They think that it was Hawkeye. Or Clint Barton, since he's now Ronan. Um, Cap shows up. 
He and Natasha talk for a bit about being Avengers and surviving. Then Scott Lang shows up and rings the doorbell. Um, after they let him in, he tells them about the quantum realm thing and how for him, the five years was only five hours. He thinks that since the quantum realm can affect time, maybe they can use it to travel in time back to before the snap and change things. They decide they're going to need lo- a real smart oh, science sorry. guy. Sorry. Go ahead, Josh. No, my bad. Um, I love that it was Scott because we, you know, we first met Scott in prison and he wasn't a superhero and he totally continued to earn his stripes all the way through civil war. It was just nice that it was Scott that like, Hey, instead of Hank or Janet. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Right. And he doesn't understand the science really, but he can imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. He has some pieces of it and he's like, if you guys can help me fill in the blanks, we can maybe do this. Yeah. This dude is still very obviously a super smart guy. What did he say? He's got yes. like a master's in engineering or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think this movie they really found the balance of Scott Lang's character, where yeah. he's still goofy and he does the comedic relief thing, but he does have real serious moments mm-hmm. where he right. like he like brings it in and kind of he's like, okay, guys, no, but really, I understand how serious yeah. <laughs> all this is. Like and Al then, said. Oh, is ahead. anybody going to eat that sandwich? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he hasn't eaten from the time it took to get from San Francisco to New York. That's now maybe he's just peckish that day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like Al said, he, he may not have known the mechanics of it, but the the logic of what he's saying is completely sound. You know, like logic alone, I guess you're right. And then that's where we got introduced to quantum energy, which we're just going to keep seeing more of. In yeah. the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The pre, yeah. Um, let's see. Prior to this, prior to this, it was all nano and now it's all quantum. So there was gamma. Gamma. There was <laughs> cosmic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so all, right. all, all the best radiation. <laughs> uh, we cut to Tony. He's living in a lake house with Pepper and his daughter, Morgan. Morgan has discovered a helmet for a suit Tony's building for Pepper. Uh, Cap, Nat, and Scott show up, and they tell him about their plan. He tells them no. He's gotten his second chance with Morgan and Pepper, and he's not going to give that up on the possibility of helping them. Nat, Scott, and we get our first Back to the Future reference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you have me? Can I ask a question for the more astute people here? So what would be the odds of uh, literally every car manufacturer other than Audi Having all of their designers and working. <laughs> Audi in the future, Audi is the only car manufacturer. I swear, if I see one more Audi. Yes. No. Yeah. And no. all the restaurants are Taco Bell. Yes. That's right. <laughs> no. Uh, Audis, man. Um, the um, the well, irony would be it was it wouldn't be Audis it would be the that cube the cube oh god <laughs> the worst most least aerodynamic vehicle ever yeah that's all we have now yeah oh. uh, uh i it was audis for a long time in the mcu and then it was lexus and now it's audi again mm. i guess mm-hmm. so they could say audi 5000 it just <laughs> hey audi 3000 <laughs> uh yeah i I mean, I'm I'm more of a uh, big boy fan, but you know, 
so, so, um, so this movie uh, deals with grief in some very complex ways. Um, and if you break it down, and the MCU actually in a lot of movies um, deals with with grief in very in depth and fully fleshed out ways, which I really appreciate it because like. As someone who works with with kids, I've used the MCU movies as like ways to help people help kids process emotions. Um, but so in this movie, the Avengers basically represent the different stages of grief. So you have um, you have Tony who's denial. He's out there living off the grid. He's pretending like it didn't happen. He's just going to live his life and not think about it. Doesn't want to talk about it. And then uh, Natasha is bargaining. She is continuing to do the work. She keeps saying, if we have even a small chance of getting things right, we have to keep trying. Um, uh, Clint is obviously anger, going out there, trying to get vengeance about it, finding someone to blame. Um, My boy Thor is depression, working with it like I do, (laughs) (laughs) sitting around and hiding and eating and everything like that. And then um, Cap is acceptance. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. That really tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that there's also, so that's the, the classic uh, Kubler Ross stages of grief, but then um, there's been like more modernized additions to it. And one of those is uh reconstruction, which mm-hmm. is where kind of like you find your new path in life considering what's happened, which then that could be Hulk, mm. you know? Okay. Yeah. He sort of reinvented himself. Yeah, he did. So speaking of which, um, Nat, Scott, and Cap decide to go find a different science guy. We cut to Professor Hulk. This was also, or the Roosters insist he's smart Hulk, but uh, he's Professor Hulk. Uh, Professor Hulk. Yeah. Um, Which they kept this completely out of any sort of promotional material also. Um, Bruce Banner managed to merge his two halves. He's permanently hulked out. Um, someone's making him some pretty awesome giant cardigans. Uh, yeah. Um, I want to point out that there's something happening in the background that's very subtle and important and it's Natasha and it's the way she's watching Bruce. It's the way she's reacting to Bruce. So she was in love with this man and, uh, hadn't seen him for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And now he did what he claimed he could never do, which was integrate the two. And, they obviously hadn't spoken until now. So her, she has some really genuine, intense emotional reactions silently and off to the side. It's really brilliant. Yeah. There's a moment when he says it's the best of both worlds. And Natasha kind of has a face where first she's like, and then she goes, yeah, because she's picturing it. Yeah. <laughs> she oh. is. I, I would point out, though, that she did dodge a bullet because she's she um didn't end up with a man that's dabbing in 2023. <laughs> that's a bullet dodge there. Yeah. <laughs> Not the giant penis. No. <laughs> Uh, Hulk has ordered the Ron Swanson spe- breakfast special. Yes. Yeah, that's oh the my Ron God. That the breakfast. You yes. <laughs> you may have misunderstood me, sir. Yes, I think you thought I said give me a lot of bacon and eggs, but what I said was give me all, give me all, all the bacon and eggs you have. Yeah. Um, so they talk. Uh, he's he's rolling up those sausage and 
and the eggs in crepes to make like burritos. Yeah. yeah, a little pancake burrito. So fantastic. I, I have to imagine Hulk has some sort of like a uh, promotional deal with Ar- with uh, Armor All because otherwise I don't know where he's going to get shirts like that in that size, like the those ones <laughs> he was wearing. Um, so uh, let's see. They talk him into helping out with the time machine. We cut back to Robert Downey Jr. demonstrating that he's never once actually washed a dish in his entire life. Uh, <laughs> he fumbles hey, like he's pores. a stew. Yes. What, that's Jeremy? for the pores. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to wonder, do you really think Tony Stark wouldn't have put in like the world's best dishwasher? <laughs> like, why is he washing them by hand? Jarvis, wash dishes. <laughs> hey, why isn't Friday. dummy washing the dishes? Wash the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, because back home in Malibu, he wouldn't wash his dirty dishes. He would just eat shoot with the <laughs> pool. <laughs> we need more dishes. But yeah, he is acting like uh, the dad in every commercial from the 90s. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, I'm be- out. <laughs> How does do human things? <laughs> I don't need suit for clean. Uh, uh, So, yeah, he casually, for a bit of a lark, (laughs) discovers the secret to time travel. Yeah, just just by inverting a Mobius strip. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all right, guys, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Hey, check it out. (laughs) And again, like like Captain Marvel traveling from one plate in space back to Earth to Avengers uh station what do they call it avengers base compound the compound campus um, yeah campus uh <laughs> see it at disneyland yeah. um this he figures it out in 10 minutes mm-hmm. he just sat down right yeah i think it's yeah. I, I had that thought too but i think there's he did not know that the quantum realm existed and was accessible or he knew it was a theory it was now a theory that he knows yeah it's accessible if he puts that piece in play he can then take other stuff that he knows to be possible oh, and, I, and work that in yeah i have no complaints about it whatsoever but this is yeah. an instance of like accept it we're moving on like yeah. they well, are just i love that moving on well, I, love, I love that, that. yeah this, movie, well, this movie's three hours long this yeah. movie is not short no it's right move. Like, yeah, they've got to move. Well, and see, that's the thing is I love that like like and any of these little things can be nitpick, but also like none of it is world. None of it breaks your immersion. Nothing yeah. is ever so terrible that it makes you go like, what the fuck? And well, I mean, and it's, and it's oh, three on, hours long, but there is not a single wasted moment mm-hmm. in this no. movie. Every every single line, every single act interaction, even if they seem frivolous at the moment you're watching them later has as very important meaning and, and comes back or comes into play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's see. Morgan comes downstairs way past her bedtime. Um, Tony tucks her back in. She loves him 3000. He talks to pepper about his discovery. (laughs) And just when you thought Gwyneth Paltrow couldn't be any more boring, she's reading a book on composting. Yeah. A fucking book. I love that uh, Tony calls her out on that. Like, what's new in composting? Well, and just in true Tony egomaniac fashion, he asks the question 
He ignores what she's about to say and says what he wants to say instead of coming in and be like, I did it. Yeah. Fucking asks her. He's such a And then what he has to say is, I figured out time travel. So obviously, anything you were about to say about fucking composting. She should have, no, she should have been like, well, I figured out how to aerate and add more nitrogen to my soil. But you don't. So I'm not sweating it either, Tony. Yeah, you don't see me (laughs) busting in on your time travel uh, table that (laughs) you set up. Just say I figured out how to decompose a avocado pit. Right. We've all got our strengths, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) This conversation between Pepper and Tony is basically the with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Um, Mm conversation yeah it's basically like if you can help them you need to do it yeah it doesn't matter again we brought it up emmanuel Kant, but yeah and it's really about the the kid Mm -hmm. it was the kid that that did it it wasn't steve it definitely wasn't scott he almost makes fun of scott you know but uh to to jump back to like boom it happened we're talking about peter parker not morgan right when you say the kid it was the picture. I'm talking about Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah, right. who he refers to as the kid. Yeah, she, she's more guna. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't willing to do it for any of the people that showed up on his porch. But then he he's looking at the picture of Peter and he's like, "Fuck! If I can bring this kid back, oh. I have to." Mm-hmm. Right. I owe it to him. I owe it to his loved ones. Yeah. Um, to him. He got him yeah. into this bullshit. Yeah. Not just this movie altogether. He got a teenager to fight some of the most powerful <laughs> shit he, in the he, world. He, he, he took a 15-year-old to Berlin to fight other superheroes. <laughs> he took, he took <laughs> a, some sex he, tourism deal. <laughs> he trafficked a minor out of the United States to act as a child soldier is what Tony Stark did. <laughs> to fight Captain America. To defend America. the requirement that they register. <laughs> Right, Mind. like <laughs> no, the man, the man lives in in, in constant cognitive dissonance with his actions, <laughs> yeah, constantly. constantly. Uh, yeah, uh, we cut to the Avengers compound. They're conducting some tests on the time machine. Um, Hulk accidentally turns Scott into a teenager, an old man, and a baby. All right, Hulk has the best mo- line in this movie, and maybe in any time travel movie, where he's like. We're talking about time travel here. It's either all uh, bullshit or none of it. It's either all a joke or none of it is. Yeah. And I love that. That's exactly it. That's it. If, if, if you buy <laughs> There's in- no in between. There's yeah. no kind to time travel. Yeah. If you buy into it, then you're buying into it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's also like, that's the line for the cynics in the audience of mm-hmm. like, look, you can keep trying to pick this apart or you could just sit here and enjoy this shit. Right. I don't know how this works, says Natasha. I don't either. Let's give it a shot. (laughs) Never forget my boy James Rhodes representing the American military in the most American way possible. Like, what if we just went back in time and killed the baby version? Yeah. Such a CIA plan. What if we got spooky? (laughs) Right. I, I think the movie that, did a uh, baby killing miming right in his pocket. (laughs) Right. And there was, there was a sound effect. When yeah, he, he did he that, like, sound like yeah. rope stretching, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Yeah. didn't actually have anything in his hands. It's like, hey, strangle? Why not follow him to a zoo as a kid and push him into the wolf? And- 
<laughs> Out of your hands. Nature. Uh, so- um, this Hulk is a lot more lighthearted than, than Banner ever was. Like, if yeah. you think of the Banner from any of the science debate scenes from like Avengers or Ultron. He was always like very serious and like we have to talk about the ethical ramifications of this. And now he's like, what do we have to lose? Time travel. Yeah. No, at this point (laughs) Jeremy. Even then he's not he's not stressed anymore. Like before whenever he's in those high tension moments, there's a chance he might lose control and start murdering everyone in the room. Yeah, it's possible. He has balance. And right him it's like I can engage in this kind of banter back and forth. I can engage in arguments or debate. I can get, I can let my real feelings about this show. Therefore, I don't have to feel that stress anymore. Therefore, my whole demeanor is different when I'm engaging these people. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, what really brought him that balance was he's got a crystal egg up his ass. Oh, <laughs> and that big, big energy. <laughs> Well, that's the essence of Professor Hulk, you know, is that Bruce is in the driver's seat. And I think we saw him moving towards that in Infinity War, where Hulk refute all of a sudden Hulk is afraid and um, Hulk's no longer driving the shit. So now this is the natural progression, you know, like yeah. where Banner's totally in control now. Like, oh, you didn't even come out, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, all right, I'm taking over. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, um, they get uh, Scott back to normal. Uh, Cap goes outside for a breath of fresh air. Tony pulls up, driving an Audi, really dangerously for a man who does, wants to live for his child. And uh, has suits that can fly. Yeah. He's a really good driver. He's just driving fast. Worst case scenario. He, he's, he's a really good driver. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, he's going slow on the driveway. Yeah, I yeah. guess he's if he crashes, he's just going to... I guess if he crashes... That car, you think that car won't transform into a giant mattress and cradle him? There this is true to like transform like like <laughs> your hero, <laughs> Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> this man has countermeasures. He's not, he's not worried. Fair enough. Yeah, so um, he uh, tells Cap he'll help out, but they have to just... Uh, Bring everybody back in. Um, everybody back. That was snapped to right now. Uh, nothing else. He can't give up what he has with Morgan and Pepper. He gives Cap's shield back to him. Um, and they decide to uh, pull back all of the uh, current Avengers for the uh, mission. He lists three priorities. And ultimately, he gets two out of three. Because his last one is not dry, to preferably not die trying. Hmm. The other thing that he says to Cap that's really interesting, the first thing he says, like, oh, you pushed, he came out a baby. Tony completely has wrapped his whole brain around the time travel problem and all of the pitfalls. Kind of like uh, in Avengers where he's like, did anybody else study gamma radiation overnight? No? Oh, Hulk is speaking my language. Like, he's an expert already in time travel. And him saying that after them showing us that, it takes the like, well, time travel. What about this and that in time travel? They showed us mm-hmm. and then briefly told us instead yeah. of just showing yeah. or just Al, telling. What was the name of the proposition? Oh, the Deutsch something mm-hmm. or other? Uh, the Deutsch probability or the EPR paradox or something like that, he says. The EPR paradox. You push time through 
Lang instead of pushing Lang through time. Yeah, I love that explanation, whether it makes sense or not. Yeah. Sounds cool. And how Scott had described it and when Tony and Scott are talking about it is that the quantum realm is chaos and it's random. So what Tony develops is not a time machine, but he says he develops a time GPS. Mm. So it's basically bringing order and navigation to the the randomness of, of the quantum realm. And that's how they're able to navigate. Because yeah. they can essentially enter and exit at any point mm-hmm. in space time. Yeah. By using yeah. The quantum yeah. realm. Yeah. Which yeah. is a very buy that. power. That is you can do anything with that. Yeah. It's I I think it's a we overlook a little bit the uh, coolness of the fact that the uh, time suits he invents can just go over whatever clothes you're wearing and make you look slim and sleek, no matter what. <laughs> Looking at you, Thor. Because he was wearing his bathrobe underneath that, and it, yep. it just apparently like compresses <laughs> that it to his body. up somewhere. Yeah. Um. So all right. So Rod- <laughs> it's riding up to Midgard. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Rocket, Nebula, and Rhodey return. Uh, then Rocket and Hulk head out to New Asgard for Thor. Uh, they have a little visit with Valkyrie, who tells him Thor's only come out of his house once a month for beer. This is my favorite needle drop. Oh, I kinks. love it. Yeah. 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 Right? It's the kinks. Yeah. The kinks. The yeah. Supersonic rocket ship. When yep. they yep. leave yeah. on the ship. <laughs> and then the song continues to play. As they're just kind of cruising, driving in into New Asgard in the back of the truck, yeah, it's it's really dynamic with that same song happening at the same point in time. They traveled around the world, and now they're in a truck instead mm-hmm. of landing at Thor's house. Yeah, and it's a cheerful, hopeful song, which marks the turn in the movie from from despair to hope. Yeah, like now we have a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is our uh, midpoint turn. Yeah. It's also sort of a nod to the fact that New Asgard is very Earth-like and very mortal and down-to-earth, mm-hmm. where where they all came from space to land in this particular spot. So, yeah, it works on a lot of levels. Great song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, Thor only comes out once a month for beer, kind of like me. Uh, they find Thor living <laughs> <laughs> with Cork and me. He's fat, drunk, playing video games. Um, canonically, Noob Master sixty nine is the dude from the uh, the cell phone store. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's so. Uh, yeah, Thor's got some pretty severe PTSD. He's not handling it well. Hulk finally convinces him to return to the Avengers compound to help out. Uh, I loved Rocket's line to him: uh, "You look like melted ice cream." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rocket has, has some great lines in this one. Yeah. He's using a Stormbreaker as a can, as a bottle opener. <laughs> yes. Well, and Korg and Meek are hangers-on and enablers at the same time. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's a little trap house kind of, but <laughs> yes. just the three of them. Uh, They're like your bad roommates. They're like your roommates. Right. Who are like, hey man, we got drunk last night. Let's get drunk again tonight. Like. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's a pizza, but so um, there's. Go ahead. go ahead, honey. No, nope. go ahead. Ah. Um, I, I like the, ch- the tender and yet very sincere and intense moment between he and Hulk with the, you know, like, that's the way a friend would tell you, like, you mm-hmm. know, take take your hand off of me, buddy. You know, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Very tender, but also like, 
we're not going to do this. Yeah. I beat your ass <laughs> a couple movies ago. They intentionally have the Hulk put his hand on Thor's shoulder in the scene right. just before we right. see Thor grab him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I always noticed that because he does exactly what he then tells. But it's very real. It was a very real moment. Um, there's this... The film has gotten some criticism for treating Thor's depression as a bit of a joke, him getting fat. Um, I don't I I don't it's see it really accurate. as a treating like it well not yeah. but like the way that other characters react to him, like being like, What's running through your veins? Cheese whiz, like that kind of thing. But Oh yeah. Um shaming. Yeah. I don't no, th- no. I don't think they really fat shame. And no. honestly, that as a fat person who <laughs> deals with depression, I I felt more seen by uh, including this than than anything, and I, I feel like it's all just part of the lighthearted ribbing that they always do with each other. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to corroborate with Andrea as someone <laughs> with the same thing. Like, <laughs> like low key, some of the times I've gotten in better shape in my life have been because friends who I love have been like. Yo, man, I need you to put the Ben and Jerry's down and let's go lift these weights right quick because I care about you. Like, yeah. and it's it's not shaming to care about someone. No, right. how you go about it is important. But at the same time, I think these are superhero totally. people, and he's a demigod. He can handle it. Yeah, <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, uh, Andrea was mentioning the stages of grief. I also think the row or the row. Sorry, buddy, <laughs> Thor himself. Um, goes through them as as well, but yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he could have killed Thanos and he fucked it up, mm-hmm. and he has to live with that. He didn't mm-hmm. just miss Thanos; half of the universe is gone for what he thinks is his fault. So right. that's that's a level of depression that yeah, you want to eat yourself and drink yourself to death. That, that is <laughs> yeah, that is like a, what survivor's guilt is what. It's yeah, that, that's, that's what a, I'm talking yeah, about. that's a level of guilt that no one has ever actually. Like had to like take on half or, or the could. universe, like and yeah. and Thor is essentially immortal, so there is no end for this. No, right? There's no end. Right. Well, and also you know, and I mean, fair. He's eating and drinking his um his his pain away, his feelings. Yeah. yeah, he's eating and drinking his feelings, but also uh, he's never had. Prior to losing half the universe, he lost his family. He lost his home. Um, he's he lost half of the Asgardians. Yeah, he's, yeah, he actually. I think the Asgardians are down Brother. to an eighth. I think yeah, I've heard that. a bunch of them died so, from Hela. Right, Hela killed about half of them. Then, so half of them oh. got away. Were on the ship. Then uh, Valkyrie escaped with half of those off screen while Hulk was in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, So then we, so we're down to a quarter when they get to earth, then the snap happens. So we're down to an eighth of the Asgardians, which so Thor is carrying, not just, you know, like he let the world down, but at the very basic of like, he's supposed to protect the Asgardians and, and there's hardly any of them left. Yeah. The Asgardians have been almost. Yeah. That's why. Valkyrie is doing what normally should be his job is because his job. he's the only person who's got it together enough and has done the work through that kind of grief enough because she lost all the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, she's she kind of has it together enough to be like, okay, well, somebody's gotta 
take care of our people. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's already gone through her whole grief thing. She's out the other side now. She did that in Ragnarok when she went. Mm -hmm. when she, she did exactly what Hulk's doing right now. I mean, what Thor's doing right now. Yeah. Well, she drank herself into a stupor. Yeah. Um, so, all right, uh, we cut to Japan. And, uh, at, like many times, Rocket is uh, an emotional um, center kind of thing. And he is the first one. Nobody's even thinking about it except Rocket. He's like, he failed. Like, what's wrong with him? He failed. Yeah. He feels like he failed. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and later and he, on. You know, and yeah, he says, ahead. oh, just building on what you're saying. It's like he thinks you failed and he did. But there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's not his fault. Yeah. And Frigga well, mentions it later when we get there. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that Rocket, scene, is, Rocket yeah. is hardcore, like dead ass dropping it. Yeah. Look, Rocket is quietly one of the most emotionally intelligent characters. In Absolutely. He really is. Yeah. Well, especially <laughs> in the first Guardians talking about, you know, he was created just to be fucked with and he's never understood. Well, and we, we've seen him come from that. Like, like aggressive and prickly to now when he first sees Nebula, he says no words to her. Mm -hmm. They right. immediately sit together on the steps of the Benatar and he holds her hand. And he holds her hand. Yep. They well, lost. He's so sad, but he is super available emotionally. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, the way Not that even human. To, the way that he learns to deal with uh, Quill in Guardians 2, because they have a lot of parallels in character, mm -hmm. and yeah. they get on each other's fucking nerves. Yeah. <laughs> but they realize at the same time there's like a brotherhood and a kindredness between the two of them, and I think for Rocket, he's come to understand that, especially on that Guardians team, he's the emotional center who, like, draws everyone, and he gets where everyone's coming from. And he doesn't judge where any of them are coming from. That right. was Yondu's gift to him. Yeah. Was, dude, I'm, I am like you. What you see of me is the same thing that you're doing. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so. And he doesn't trust a lot of people. And the, the one person he trusted the most is gone. And so now he finds himself in this Avenger team, this ragtag team, and he's doing his best. But he, he lost a part of himself. And that's, that's raw for a CGI character robot that's, that's, raccoon. Yeah, it really. Is. I've seen human beings not pull that shit off. Well, it was like um, I think uh, they we were talking. I I think we talked about this in the first Guardians. They were um, looking to have uh, uh, when they sold Guardians as a property um, for Disney to actually make. They were originally looking at um, a lot of. Uh, the Disney execs were like, oh yeah, great. We have this like raccoon character. The kids will love him. And it's like, but you didn't realize that he was an angry, depressed. Like, yeah. One of my favorite moments in the comic books that can still happen in the movies. And I hope it does is rocket and Carol Danvers have this moment where they're on a mission and rockets like shooting all these dudes. And he keeps going, blam, I murdered you. Blam, I murdered you. <laughs> Carol like asks Peter, like, why does he keep saying blam I murdered you? It's so disturbing. And Peter goes, he's testing out catchphrases because he's a superhero now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. So we cut we cut to Japan. Clint is now Ronin. He's killing Yakuza. Uh Nat finds him and brings him back into the Avengers. Wait, you gotta oh, say his whole name. Ronin the hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so when we cut back to the Avengers compound, oh, he also cut his own hair, apparently. Um, so <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that was, yeah. really, it was because uh, Jeremy Renner just gotten off tour for that god awful music project he has, right? <laughs> it was like the trendy haircut. He had him. No, no, he went to a barber shop and he's like, "Can you give me the revenge? Yeah. Hey man, can you give me a haircut that makes me look like I peaked in my twenties, but I haven't let it go? <laughs> and my wife is dead. <laughs> Do that. You know, here I brought a picture from a magazine. <laughs> Just a little off the sides. <laughs> Just a little. Use the samurai sword, please. <laughs> this one specifically. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't this, think there's any point in even going on the internet since the Jeremy Renner app stopped being live. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard some of his music just recently. Oof. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, yeah, it's bad. Um, we cut back to the Avengers compound. Scott tells them that they only have enough pin particles left for two tests and a mission. Then one test in a mission. <laughs> okay, so nitpick. My first official nitpick. Mm-hmm. He says it out loud. Yes. They're discussing all these different things, and nobody thought, like, it'd be really sweet if we could just continue to do this many, many, many times over. Reduce some of the risk. We could go back to the 70s and take one, and then go back to the 70s and take one, or, or you know, take two at a time mm-hmm. with all six. And all of a sudden got more or or take three i don't know uh yeah i don't know how much of this stuff this guy's got and like where they can get it from you know at some point he probably had a small repository of it where he could just like yeah i'm sure he did at some point grab it for missions i agree that that would be a good idea i think it genuinely did not occur to them um tony wasn't in the room when that conversation was happening and so it, it was like it collective they had to collectively be discussing it for someone to realize Oh, we don't have enough pin particles. Where could we get more pin particles? Oh, I know where we can get some. You know. Yeah. That, but yeah, I I agree. Yeah. This is also where we get the the breakdown of the rules of time travel that we will be using for this film and the elimination of the other films yeah. that we will not be using the rules for. Which is crazy to me because I understand we have to establish the rules of time travel in this movie. But I think that this sequence in the time traveling sets up the thesis statement for the meta narrative of this whole phase mm-hmm. of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And it is the relationship between parents and children. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'll get yeah. to that later. Hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit that it, this version of the time travel explanation makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it creates branch. It creates branch universes. Is what happens. Branch time. Well, and, and also the undeniable fact that wherever you are existing is your present. Yeah, you know, no such thing as the future can't exist in your past. So it just makes sense. <laughs> I liked it. I appreciated it. It does um, more than a Polaroid of you and your siblings. So <laughs> and you have to play Johnny B. Good. Until they come back to life. It's like, what? <laughs> Nebula just outright backs up Hulk and goes like, yep, he's right. 
Yeah, that's how that's it works. It. Yeah, which right. is just not another the past. It doesn't change the future. Yeah. And yeah. what Reinf- they're doing is not trying to change the past. They're just going to get objects from the past. Yeah, exactly. But they then have to return to the past. Yes. Or it breaks everything. And not for nothing in Back to the Future, Marty McFly playing Johnny to get on the guitar did the greatest thing ever, which was correct. And remind everyone that white people invented rock and roll. Yep, exactly. They yeah, exactly. Doubled down on that. Yeah. Yep. So we took that from them, which is nice. Um, this whole scene where they're all getting together and they're planning the heist and they're discussing the arrangement of how time travel works and what is going to happen as a result is the last time we see the gang together having a good time being mm, friends yeah. we yep. at one point see who is it cap and tony and uh widow all lying on the floor together like teenagers at a sleep yeah party. thinking and about it yeah. and that's when she goes like wait if he was in new york and that's just the the casual breathy nature of this yeah gives us a moment to like finally see our friends together this is Hope well give Scott tacos. and this is yeah. this is this is <laughs> yeah. that that the this the shot where they go up onto uh, the thing to go through the time machine is the last time that all six of the original Avengers are ever together, ever. Right. And Natasha yeah. says, "See you in a minute." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. so to go back to the brainstorming, this so MCU is very good at doing Johnny explainer scenes without them feeling like Johnny explainer scenes, and. In like, and Scott is like standing in as the audience in these because at first they're like, oh, well, we all know this. We don't need to review it. And he's like, I don't know it. Tell me about it. I've never seen a stone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, And at one point he's like enjoying it like a story. (laughs) He's like, oh, that's neat. Yeah. Especially when Thor's talking, he's like, is, is he dead? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to wait till afterwards, but I'll bring it up now. So they, they name check both um, the Big Lebowski and um, Hot Tub Time Machine. So here's a question. Did, was Were people constantly telling Obadiah Stane that he looks just like Jeff Bridges? Like constantly? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. And you know, Bucky if he just Barnes. had some hair. Yeah. Bucky yeah. Barnes is in Hot Tub Time Machine. Sebastian Stan, yes. Yep. Was, was in Hot Tub Time Machine. So we're being like... Well, and uh, Nick Fury was in Star Wars, so we get our Star Wars exactly in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that Michael J. Fox lives in 616. That makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah Look, it does. We don't know what shenanigans Bucky got up to before uh, he was captured by the Russians. So I'm going to pose that Sebastian Stan is Bucky Barnes' grandson, who's starred in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> there we go. I'll accept it. Hot oh. Tub Time Machine was a KGB plant. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, does that mean that Mark Hamill could also maybe be Bucky Barnes' illegitimate child? Oh. Because everyone always Oof. says Sebastian Stan should play Luke Skywalker young. Now, so maybe Mark Hamill running around and then because uh, he's really Luke Skywalker's true father. It could be. <laughs> That's how I read it. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Um, Hawkeye does the test run. He goes back to his house before the snap. He almost sees the kid he doesn't like very much. <laughs> then he gets called back to 2023. <laughs> when he lands at his farmhouse, he uh-huh. is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet it's freaky. Yeah, I bet it's none of the freaky. other Avengers when they land 
scream? I wonder if he was like, you guys, you guys, you guys, you're going to want to scream. You don't have to. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help. It's, it doesn't help. It, yeah. yeah. Or, or is he just freaking out every time he does this and we just missed him screaming on the second time around? <laughs> it could be. I think Hawkeye's just not very good at a lot of things. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, there's so many. There are more questions than answers when it comes to Hawkeye. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, may, Thoreau, yeah. may may I give you my very quick tangent on the the uh, the thesis statement of parents and children? Yeah. in Marvel movies. Yeah, so, let's do it. I want us to rewind. This is a running theme through the whole MCU, but it comes to this culmination, and I think the reason why. And I'm, I'm going to front load it with this is because we are coming to the end of an era. And the question on everybody's lips at this point with the Marvel Universe was legacy. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee's past. We're ending this 20 movie arc. A lot of the people who've been in all of these movies are now wanting to go and do other things and pass the baton to others. And I uh-huh. think that the narratives of these movies in this phase are indicative of a changing of the guard and it's important for them to talk about legacy and they couch it in parents and children we see it with t'challa feeling the pressure of Uh taking over for his father and then realizing that his father wasn't necessarily as good of a man as he always thought he was and wanting to be better we see it even in a movie that comes after this but is referenced in this uh, in a scene coming up, which is Natasha's interaction with Red Skull mm-hmm. when he makes a reference to who her parents are. Yeah, I have a point with that for sure. Yeah. We have Robert Downey Jr. finally, finally getting a moment with his father. Yeah. Like, finally we, we getting get... to hear. He gets to hear what he meant to his father when he always felt like he was an inconvenience or took a backseat to his father's work. Mm-hmm. We get Clint getting to go back and maybe see the kid he didn't like so much a little bit. (laughs) But all of these things have been building up and it's always been about what do we leave after we're gone and And fathers and sons and who do we leave it for? Yeah. And then you have the metaphorical big papa, which is Captain America who literally feels responsible for the world exactly. as, his, and we even, as his children we even got a twisted version of this scene and we get some versions of twisted parental relationships between like nebula and thanos and mm-hmm. the last movie between gamora and thanos oh, right. on yeah. the planet, yeah. where we see that even then all of the talk he has about how much he loves his daughter and he loves his children and you're my favorite gamora and all of that in the end it's true but that relationship is so twisted. And even then, he cares so much about his legacy, despite his children, that he's willing to sacrifice the only thing that he claims he loves yeah. to meet his goal. Whereas yep. you see Tony Stark in this movie being willing to sacrifice himself to meet the goal, not only for Morgan, but for his sort of surrogate son, and Peter Parker, whom he feels he failed above all. 
Yeah. Well, I, it's really interesting, the the um, reflection of Thanos and Tony Stark, because Thanos sacrificed his daughter to get rid of half of the the universe, and Tony refuses to sacrifice his daughter to bring back that half a universe. But Tony's still willing to sacrifice, and that Tony goes, but I'll, you can have me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we get two characters in this movie who get second chance moments with their deceased parents, both Thor and Tony. Yeah. Yes. Oh um, gosh, the, the the Frigga scene. Good lord. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, overall, I mean, yeah, like I said, the, the MCU has a lot of emotional intelligence and works a lot with like the complexities of relationships and everything like that. I mean. You know, I know you stand for for DC, Jeremy, but as many times as I've had to watch the Waynes die, I've never seen you know grief dealt with in the full in the full um, you know as a full picture in in DC slow motion never slow motion even parental relationships. I only I only stand the DC comics. I'm like the Polina boy against DC, where I'm like I'm like I'm a fan. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slow motion pearls is not oh, does not an emotional arc again. make. Um, yeah, I, it's true that there have been a couple of Marvel movies that hit on the levels that Spielberg movies hit on, like that that get close to that formula yeah. of um, of emotional string pulling of thrilling stakes. I mean, this is one of them. I'm it not has gonna, all of that. I'm not going to lie. I just saw Love and Thunder last night, and I got teary at the end. Yeah, yeah. It was, same. Yeah, same. Um, Look, I got teary in Black Panther when uh, Killmonger has that scene with his father in the ancestral plane. Yeah, I got. I got te- hey, the first time I saw this movie, I got a little teary during the the scenes with Thor and his mom, and then Tony and his dad. I, yeah. These are things where you've seen these characters sh- struggle internally for movies and movies, which is sort of the great thing about seeing these characters over 20 movies is you get that kind of depth of character development where we can watch someone deal with their parent issues mm-hmm. for over a decade and see it come full circle. I mm-hmm. still, still can feel how I could tear up every single time on your left happens in this movie every single time. Um, so, all right, they decide they're, we're, we're almost to the time travel guys. We've been talking two hours, almost to the time travel. Kevin Smith crying every time a new superhero movie comes out. (laughs) (laughs) So they figure out they can go back in uh, three teams, Tony, Cap, and Scott to 2012 New York, where during the Battle of New York, there's three different Infinity Stones, the Time Stone, the Mind Stone, and the Space Stone. Rocket and Thor are going to Asgard in 2013 for the Reality Stone, i.e. the Aether. And And Rocket slaps some sense into him. Yeah. Again, like a best friend would. Yeah. Um, Nat- you know, I, I love you, but you got to snap out of this shit, man. Yeah. We got to do this. Yes. I'm with you. I'm with you, but come on. It's go time. Um, Nat-, yeah. Nat and Clint are going to go to Nat and Clint are going to 2014 for the Soul Stone, uh, along with Nebula and Rhodey, um, who are going for the Power Stone. They suit up. Cap gives them the big rousing speech. Um, 
emphasizing they got one chance to get all the stones. They get into the machine and blast to the past, <laughs> like Brandon Fraser. Super quick Thor question. Has anyone figured out where in that moment Thor is when he takes Mjolnir, goes and then comes back like, what was Mjolnir doing in that moment in right. the world? I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I think past that- Thor was in the bathroom. There you go. Once again, Doctor Alf. And at the end, when Cap goes to return the stones, we see that he has Molnir with him also. Yeah. So right. supposedly he's going to go return it to that exact moment. So it's never right. missing. Yeah. Exactly. Before so um, Thor gets out of the bathroom. And Mjolnir is the great uh, problem-solving device for how he returns the stones because you can ride it like a broom. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, and it's it's very important in the battle at the end. You are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we cut to the battle in New York, 2012. Um, Hulk heads out to the Sanctum Sanctorum for the Time Stone. I love the half-hearted, like, growl and smash. He rips his shirt off. He's like, I think it's gratuitous, but... Because Cap tells him to maybe smash some things along the way. Yeah. He's like, Arr. Just as he's watching the other Hulk smash stuff, and he goes, so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Let's see. Cap, Scott, and Tony head towards the Avengers Tower. Hulk arrives at Bleecker Street to find the Ancient One with the Time Stone fighting Chitauri. Uh, yeah, we see that she was fighting unbeknownst to us. Yeah. There is a deleted scene version of this because there are a couple of alternate takes that they put up on Disney Plus where the Ancient One is grilling cheeses, grilled cheeses, making <laughs> grilled cheeses on a grill on top of the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> That's awesome. That's not, funny. Not fighting the Chitari, making grilled cheese for everybody downstairs. That's awesome. Hey, <laughs> completely unconcerned. Is there a multiversal threat? That's not that's not my job. I got yeah. to feed. Yeah. Grilled cheese, grilled cheese, grilled cheese, grilled cheese. Yeah, the Hulk shows up. How many cheese do you want? Yeah, like just made me so happy seeing that. Uh, um, so the ancient one does the astral body thing to Banner so that they can talk. We cut to Asgard, Rocket and Thor beginning their mission. This is where Rocket is trying to slap some st- some uh, sense into Thor. Um. And we cut to Morag, Clint and Nat, leave Rhodey and Nebula. They head to Vormir for the Soul Stone, while the other two stick around to get the Power Stone from Peter Quill. Son of Edith. Um, that means, why not? Why didn't he name uh, Clint's father? Like, he often does fathers. And Natasha doesn't. We don't know her father. I thought. I thought nobody. No, and and she her. says she says or what? Yeah, that she actually brings that up. She says she um he knew your or she knew my father. I didn't. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. I mean, Ivan's, he went with Ivan. Isn't yeah. that a little bit on the, the nose odds? for uh, like when for a what is like there's someone special starting with an M or a J? Wait, what is Red Guardian's <laughs> name? Alexi. In the bl- oh. Okay. Yeah. So the question is because he says, so this is interesting, the whole father thing, um, because he calls Gamora daughter of Thanos. Right. But that's not her real dad. No, no. So it's. Who's been a father for longer, though? Yeah. But then. Uh, but then is that what they go it, by? I think, it has, I think it has less to do because remember, we're in the world of sci fi and everything 
hinges sci-fi and fantasy everything hinges on metaphor and storytelling right well it matters sure, yeah. more who your father has been not necessarily in some cases who your father was or maybe even then because the soul stone has special wisdom as they've constantly hammered to us maybe it matters who who it matters to you, your right. Father. Well, see, that's, that's why it's, that could be. that's why it's interesting that he said daughter of Ivan, be and not like daughter of Alexi. You know, David Harbor. Well, in her mind, she was betrayed by Alexi, and she probably separated him from being a father figure. And she probably used her access to figure out who her father was, and always well, held on to that person. No, 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 because she says but, in this movie, I didn't know who my father was. It's weird know. he knew. Well. But that I I don't know if that doesn't mean that she doesn't like know at all. I think that she didn't know for sure, and that confirms it to her. That was how I read that. It was like I didn't know my I didn't I didn't know that was my father. Doesn't mean that she's not like oh, but damn, that was on my short list of names. Mm. I mean, it is Ivan. But uh, yeah, I, I always interpreted that as like who in your soul you believe to be your father, what? Yeah, yeah. or or your parent, because Edith is the mother figure. And I assume that his father was probably awful, which is why he got. Mm. I, th- I think we can all agree that that it's messy and inconsistent and some missed opportunities. Yeah. Like, Although I think it's it, intentional. Yeah. I think they continue to make it messy instead of like trying to narrow it down. And I think it was intentional. It. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because they're they are responding to the daughter of Thanos, Gamora. Gamora had a father. Question. Mm, yeah. By giving us two weird answers yeah. with these uh, two characters. Big big question. How would that have gone had Rhodey and Nebula shown up at Vormir instead of Nat and Clint? That is exactly what I was going to say. And this has been a, like my question for the beginning. Because they didn't have any discussion about why one or the other goes there. And they had no knowledge of the fact that... like They knew that, that Gamora died mm-hmm. when he went there. But they didn't know that it had to do with this whole... like sacrifice the one you love blah 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 thing so yeah exactly what if if they had just picked the different teams to go to the different locations nebula and roadie just looking at each other like like, i don't really care i think that's one of those uh twist of fate eternity's date kind of things where the teams that needed to go the places they needed to go went the places they needed to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like because Rhodey would have just been like, so anyway, I started blasting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Some of the other 14 million ones, Rhodey and Nebula went there and <laughs> couldn't yeah, do anything. Exactly. Rhodey kills Nebula like, well, that didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and another uh, Nebula thing. What? Okay. So she mentions the whole like, uh, we're not the only ones looking for this in 2014. One, Convenient that this alien uses the Judeo-Christian anodonomy (laughs) years of 2014. Um, But secondly, they had like a whole section of everything. Why didn't you mention that shit back then? Right. A little heads up would have been nice, Nebula. (laughs) And also, why didn't Nebula put her head in airplane mode when they went back to 2014? I I don't think that they entangled with each other until she thought of it because I think that she told Rhodey I, I literally I don't think that she was thinking ahead in the sense of like well I was there too holy shit that's going to be complicated I think that she's just like we got to go there and steal Quill mm. cool. we'll get the stone we'll be out but also realizing she uses our dates because she's a computer brain and she probably just has downloaded 
reference yeah. to every human thing that she would need to deal with earth people and or, so she's like well i've been working well, with you for five years well now. she has her universal translator if she'd been talking to quill she would have said yeah. whatever quills in the black star dog or whatever yeah she like, has she yeah. has her universal translator on she probably did say in in the year 2936 of floor clack that's, that's fair the <laughs> universal <laughs> translator is a canon thing but yeah i i just i really love the moment when she realizes it is the moment that current 2014 nebula starts to see through the other nebula's eyes mm. is the moment she thinks of herself in that second perspective because mm-hmm. th- they don't see before that when she's like getting off the ship talking mm-hmm. you know thanos then has to rewind through the connection yeah hmm. it's it's clever instead of it just being like oh they're both here they're both connected yeah um so all right um let's see we cut to nebula and uh Gamora, they're in a fight. Uh, Gamora saves Nebula on Thanos' ship. Um, Thanos is looking for the Infinity Stones. The 2023 Nebula connects to 2014 Nebula. Um, Back in 2012, New York, Tony um, and uh, Scott sneak up to the top of the Avengers Tower. Uh, Shield agents, i.e. Hydra agents, show up to take the scepter from Loki. They head down in one elevator while Scott gets into tiny er, tiny Scott gets into Tony's chest's arc reactor. Uh, the 2014 Avengers go down another elevator with the Tesseract and Loki in restraints. They make 2012 Hulk take the stairs. Then Tony <laughs> heads downstairs. <laughs> they they touch on two things that we see in other movies. We see uh, Loki pretend to be Cap mm-hmm. in Dark World. Yeah. Right? Or was that the first Thor? That was Dark World. It was right? in Dark World. It was Dark World, yeah. And, and in Avengers, we see him with that weird mouth collar thing that they never explain. Mm, yes. But but in one brief moment, they gave us both of those things. Like, oh, and here's why he was Captain America, because he it's a joke that he continues to make. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he one of his powers is also to persuade and to um, enchant or mm-hmm. charm people, you know, trickery. So he's like, keep him from speaking and he won't be able to fucking yeah. fool one of these guards. Gotta get also, my boy Steve Prouse here. My boy Steve not being a dumb meathead this time in the elevator. Yeah. Well, Hydra. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So another, another shot directly out of the comic book. Yep. Hail Hydra. In an elevator, all that. Yeah. He whispers it. Yeah. Yes. And this, yeah, this is awesome. Um, it's a great callback to uh, winter soldier. Um, it's, uh, in the elevator fight in that movie and Avengers two, where he's talking to Strucker and he's like, you're a, a goon for shield. And he's like, technically I'm a goon for Hydra, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like also dropping that. And this also explains how in the original Avengers timeline, how that scepter got to, uh, the castle where they had to get it back. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were on their way to lose it already. Yes. Like the moment they got it, they're like, we got to lose this to that guy in Sokovia mm-hmm. immediately. <laughs> that, yeah. That's how corrupt shield was. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this goes all the way to the south. Um, so downstairs, uh, 2012, um, Alexander Pierce wants Loki and the Tesseract. 2012 Thor wants to take them back to Asgard. 
Uh, Scott gives 2012 Tony a mild heart attack, causing him to drop the Tesseract. A disguised 2023 Tony gets the briefcase. It gets knocked out of his hand by 2012 Hulk coming down the stairs. Loki picks it up, disappearing into a Disney Plus series, um, and Thor saves 2012 Tony. Do you think 2023 Tony, like, was standing there and goes, ooh, man, I don't remember having chest pains sometimes intermittently until now. They're brief timelines. Yeah. Oh, right. That's, that's right. It's not Back to the Future's bullshit. <laughs> well, the it isn't is until it is. Until it is. Yeah. I think. We'll get there. Um, so, all right. Uh, meanwhile, 2023 Cap comes face to face with 2012 Cap. They fight um, until 2023 Cap uh, distracts 2012 Cap by telling him Bucky's still alive, distracting him long enough to use the scepter to make him go sleepy. Genius. Yeah. Um, one of the best. Be- <laughs> I hate it, but it's so good, but I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's show the things that Cap picked up along the way. He picked up psychological warfare. That's not a thing that he ever needed in World War II. No. Or or in Avengers 1 or 2, but by this point, he's like, nah, nah, I don't want to fight myself for too long. Yeah. I got universes to save. I'll just tell him Bucky's alive. He is the master of the shortcut. Like the Hail Hydra thing, he's like, nah, 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 there's a faster way. Yeah. Well, and that's, a lot of people have argued over the years what intel he got that told us that Bucky was still alive for him to even go looking for Bucky. And this is one of those super clever ways to retroactively fix things. It's what I wish they would do with the X-Men movies. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I also think it has the best callback joke in Marvel movies, which is, I can do this all day. And Cap's like, I know. I <laughs> Just know. Like, so like, <laughs> yes. yeah. Everyone's the, made fun of it, and finally he got to. Is this the fourth movie we've seen that line in? Yep. And uh. then it pops up in the show Hawkeye at the musical and shit. But <laughs> yes, yeah. But just his, resi- his resignation of like, I know. I know. <laughs> never forget, once he knocks his old self out, that is America's ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's also seeing himself 10 years younger and being like, uh, there were things I said that were dumb. And oh, God, like, I was tiresome. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and God. annoying. Yeah. He's he's loosened up. He's gained a sense of humor over the years. Absolutely. Well, and he's only been out of the ice for 10 years, mm-hmm. which right. is crazy. He, yeah. And so in, a, in 2012, he's baby cap. He's like, yeah, so, straight out of the 40s cap. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Now this other one, he gets the cultural references and whatnot. Yes. I have questions about that. He is so hip. <laughs> Look, he had a he had a hip black dude teach him culture, Brian. Oh <laughs> no, yeah. I mean his literally like, one of his favorite albums is Trouble Man. Like yeah. yeah, and it's not what's going on. It's Trouble Man. <laughs> it's like, Trouble Man. <laughs> but I he goes to the 50s, 60s, 70s. They they're not exactly clear as to what decade he re-meets at the end but yeah he's going with 2023 very progressive captain america brain back into the 50s or 60s or 70s all three of which um would be ju- difficult judging by the cars uh and on the house i think it might have been late 40s or early 50s i think yeah. so too it makes sense because the music too yeah and, yeah 
like we can talk about it when yeah, we get we'll, there. We'll get but there. yeah, I, I think it is basically right after he went in the ice. It's as if he never left. Yeah, he gets he gets back in time and he goes, Oh, thank God. We don't have to share the fountains anymore. <laughs> oh I think it <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, back to normal. <laughs> yeah. normal. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> the good old days. Um great again. <laughs> great again. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm not going to put that on my boy, Steve. <laughs> but uh, either way, it's definitely post-World War II. You yeah, know, it's yes. what this Cap version is doing after he just kicked Nazi ass. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, back to where we are in the movie. Meanwhile, at the Sanctum Sanctorum, the Ancient One explains to Banner that changes in the time stream call cause alternate branches of time. Taking the Infinity Stones from a timeline will cause that timeline to become completely unstable. Banner tells her that they'll return the stones to the timeline the moment they were taken, but she doesn't uh, believe that he he will necessarily be able to do that until Bruce reveals that Doctor Strange gave the time stone to Thanos, and the Ancient One realizes that Doctor Strange um, knew something and that she should give Hulk the time stone. The the grilled cheese version of this scene is so cumbersome. Hmm. It is so clunky. I bet. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta flip these. Right, the 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 you were multiple saying. time streams. Instead of there being one branch timeline, there are like eight, or well, I guess no, there are six because there are six stones, mm. and all six of them spin out. It's just like, dude, what a mess compared to what we got. They definitely That's trimmed, weird. The, yeah. trimmed the fat and made this scene just kind of brisk pace. Ex- explainer, oh. she she has a quick think on it and then gives him the stone instead of. He says Strange gave me uh, Strange gave up the stone, and she just gives it to him. Hmm. And the best part is, everyone, to some degree, retroactively, is still wrong. Yes, <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah. this is how it works mostly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's what I find interesting is that even the people that are smart and understand how the time travel works only understand an aspect of it. They only understand a little bit of how the multiverses work and how the different time streams work. Um, yeah. As we come, as we have found out in phase four, it's much, much more complicated. Um, but, but intentional or not, this does sort of lend is, is to the explanation of the TVA and yeah. um, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. They absolutely well, had that in mind totally with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we yep. cut to 2014 on Thanos' ship. Ebony Maw figures out the Nebula's password, um, and Thanos views 2023 Nebula's memories. Finds it was, it was Daddy's like, girl. No, no <laughs> it's just password. She's like, you idiot. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. He finds out the whole shebang about the snapping and that it worked and that they're traveling in time to undo it. Back in 2013 Asgard, Thorne runs into his mom. His mom gives him a pep talk, and then Rocket gets the Aether out of a sleeping Jane Foster. Um, Thor calls... I actually really like Frigga's line. Um, Everyone fails at who they're supposed to be. The measure of a person is how well they succeed at being who they are. Or just... Inspirational. Yeah. Should be on a pillow. Giving <laughs> their children the thing they need for this right. last go. Yep. Exactly your point, Jimmy. Right. Exactly. Yep. She told him what he needed to hear. 
And she also, she's like, you're not my Thor, but you're Thor. And I love you. And I can tell something's up. Yeah. Oh it was God. the pep talk. Yeah. The moment when he gets the hammer and says, I'm mm, still worthy. I'm still I worthy. Know. Oh, my and God. That was where, like, you That's know, emotional. like, like of when you were saying, did it seem like they treated him poorly and the fat shaman and everything like that? That's what I felt was redemptive was like, if that's what you needed to do to get through the tough times and like, you're, you're not still with the body of a God and everything like that, but you are still worthy. Andrew, just you saying that gave me chills. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's right now. So, which, (laughs) which again, you know, to add to the point, which we've joked about even, but like, yes, worthy is in your heart. Worthy is in your intentions. You know, it doesn't matter. You've been in this place, Thor. You're, you're in this place because you feel so bad. You think you killed half the universe. Yes. You're still worthy, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Um, we cut to 2014 Morag. Peter Quill is retrieving the Power Stone. <laughs> Rhodey knocks him out. and uh, Which uh, he looks completely unhinged when you see the outside perspective. Him like dancing and singing. He's like throwing the little rodent creature around. Right. Like, Especially like, how cool that was. Unhinged. <laughs> Whereas the first time we saw it, it was so cool and so rad. You're like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is Seven, 70s cheese pop. Like, yeah. yes. So he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the resigned. Yes. It was him or a tree. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, they get the power stone. They're about to head back to 2023. Rhodey zaps out of time, but Nebula is held in place by an unseen force. Thanos and army show up then taking 2023 Nebula prisoner. Even if they were messing with her hard drive, shouldn't the pin particles have still worked? I don't know. Under- I don't like, think she got to press she, the button. She has to pull the trigger. Oh, she I couldn't. Think. Got it. Which is a which honestly was clever to me. I was like, damn, they heisted her because they were probably watching and waiting. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, because they had to have Rhodey gone first until yeah. the other guy is gone. Yeah, yeah. because otherwise, well, there's no way we can do the Kansas City Shuffle here. Yeah, I have so, a theory that MCU execs will not give up a moment. To do Nebula dirty, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, also, yeah. in her um, in her memory banks, he saw them planning this because they even show us like he has to zoom in because Nebula, which was in the back a little bit, but that scene is them discussing the possibility of the time heist and how it could work. So mm-hmm. yeah, he knew, and yeah. he didn't care how it worked. He didn't need to find out how they figured it out. He's like, they're coming. He yeah, just needed a way in. We yep. have seen from multiple movies, if you want to keep something secret, don't fucking tell Nebula. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, daughter. Well, daughter. and I think Nebula, as as dirty as they did her, because, I mean, she's getting pulled apart and things like that mm-hmm. in other movies, it could have been so much worse. Because in the oh, comics, yeah. Yeah. she gets the gauntlet. She, oh, yeah. And, it's, well, and, and she gets the gauntlet after. And, in she's a living perpetual corpse. state of death. Yeah. So yeah, he, as a tribute yeah. to death, he turned her into a living he turned corpse. Her into, yeah, that was rough. So yeah. I was still waiting for her to wind up with the gauntlet and to be the one that snapped. I'm glad that didn't happen, but it yeah. would have been interesting to see her again, character make that choice. Yeah. And again, Jeremy, the, the parents type metaphor. 
you know, I love you as I'm beating you (laughs) kind of thing. But that character. Thanos is every like in a, to a certain degree, because we never are so comfortable talking about this, I think, but Thanos is that parent who like, he's Joe Jackson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He beats his children into greatness. He's like, into greatness. Make you great. Like he did Gamora. Yeah, he doesn't torture Gamora because his plan succeeded. Like, I made her savage and it worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nebula totally, as far as these movies go, has a very pronounced arc. Yeah. So, some characters you have to look at, but no, but Nebula has come a long way. Yeah, she I has. Mm-hmm. Um, and but- she and Brody have that uh, bonding moment over their disabilities. Mm-hmm. Of, like, I wasn't always like this, but. And yeah. like them saying, yeah, me neither, but you do what you can with what you got. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's another last, last parent thing on Nebula. She literally, so like Josh said, he made Gamora a savage and it worked, but beating Nebula did not. It just no. destroyed her and broke her down. And so he went another step farther in that he said, I can't make you what I want you to be. So I'm literally going to change out parts of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Make you what to I want. Try to make you what I want. Yeah. yeah. And then whenever I want, I'm gonna make you say uncle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm gonna make you give up information. You know, just mm-hmm. unnecessary torture of the kid you like less. Yeah, exactly. Um, back in 2012, New York, Scott, Cap, and Tony discuss their options since they only have one pin particle left. Tony realizes <laughs> that there's a time and place with both the Tesseract and pin particles. Tony and Cap head to 1970, and Scott goes back to 2023. Uh, we cut to Camp Lehigh in 1970. We get our Stan Lee cameo. Uh, Cap and Tony steal some. You're pl- muted, Al. Were you going to say something, Al? I, I um just back before uh Cap and uh Tony uh bounce back to nineteen seventy. Um what did Tony say? Thanks for the pep talk, pissant. Yeah. Yeah, pissant <laughs> pissant is a great <laughs> like yeah. to call Ant Man. In that same moment, Scott's sarcastic replies. He says he also, they're improvising. Yeah. Which I love the idea because that's what the MC was built upon is like these him and uh, Jeff Bridges kind of shooting from the hip. Yeah. We throw it at the wall and we see if it sticks. And and they did. I mean, obviously they didn't improvise this story wise, but like to include that as an aspect of like, and now we have to throw a wrench in the gears. It's the first of many. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a clever way for them to pay respects to themselves almost. Oh, Paul Rudd is a heavyweight champion ad libber. Yeah, fantastic. He can just riff. For an hour straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard for sure. Jonathan Majors said that uh working with Paul Rudd on Quantumania, he was like, people don't know this about Paul Rudd because he's so funny and he ad libs so much, but he's like apparently he's like a field general on set when he's in movies. He's like every he's like, everyone, what do you need? We need to make sure everyone's got what they need so that we can get this done. And he's like a goer, like yeah, um, a true artiste. Um, yeah, I love it. It's it's also um, there's a nice moment here between Cap and Tony where um, Tony asks Cap, "Do you trust me?" And Cap says, "I do." Um, right. We it's don't. Their reconcil- it's their second reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony says because he's trying to like like he's saying, "Do you know when they were both there?" 
and he's like an approximation. And then he says, I know for a fact they were there and I know how I know, and, which later we figure out he knows how he knows because it was when he was born. He knows that mm-hmm. they were both there when he was born. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, let's see. Tony heads downstairs for the Tesseract. Um, <laughs> security at this basic little lax, <laughs> I do have to say. <laughs> so lax. Apparently it's just Shirley from Community. Yeah, she's she's just... the only one with her eye on the prize. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time, I just wanted her to be like, oh, no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is a red alert or whatever we call it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. He... I know you could not work for the government because you are not here to give praise to Christ Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Shirley. <laughs> they are they are past gate security. So, I mean, you, it, there's not a ton of security inside right. military bases. Uh, it's fair enough. But but where they unless keep the, the lab is classified, where they keep the Tesseract, maybe there might have been a little what? something it's just in no, a briefcase you, know, you know who their security is it's angry ass Hank Pym storming around <laughs> yeah. the fucking lab just like I'll fuck everyone up in here yeah it, and I I assume the, the Tesseract was a closely guarded secret so having it be under extra lock and key you know it's not it's in a briefcase. No, it no, no. He, he put it in a briefcase. He puts it in a briefcase. It, he had to cut it, it out of a safe. It was like in an unmarked thing, locked uh-huh. chamber with a bunch of other chambers around it. Cabinet. So instead of being in like uh, Odin's jewel room, it's very much like, oh no, we keep a bunch of other nuclear well, waste. Yeah. And weird like weird 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 yeah, yeah. I just want to know. <laughs> I want to know where people buy briefcases that are perfectly customized <laughs> for whatever objects you need to put into it. Um, it's, it's, it's at, particles go in this briefcase. It's, it, it's in the prop room. <laughs> That's where you yeah. get them. That's where you <laughs> buy them. So I actually do have real world. Um, uh, I have real world experience with this because the company I used to work at, we built all of these weird devices and we would yeah. sell some of them with cases. Loki, you just find a case manufacturer you send uh-huh. them the dimensions, and they're like, okay, 50 extra dollars. And wow. they'll send you a case that is, like, foamed out and carved out for whatever you want to put in. So that, that that Halliburton briefcase and the lunchbox in uh, Captain Marvel, neither of those, the physical dimensions of those objects really don't fit the Tesseract as we see it. No. Yeah, or the cat. Like the Tesseract size changes from movie to movie like nobody does. It does. According to plot convenience. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's a two-hander. Sometimes it's a one-hander. Yeah. Sometimes it's the size of a jack in the box. Sometimes it's like the size of a Rubik's Cube. Like (laughs) form of a bucket of water. Um, so all right. Uh let's see. He runs into his dad, Howard Stark. They have a talk about fatherhood. Meanwhile, Cap distracts a young Hank Pym. He collects. Well, the- wait. I mean, that's an incredibly important scene between the Starks. Uh, uh, Tony grew up thinking his father was married to his job, and it was all that he cared about. And his family and son came secondary. And he has this unsolicited, just genuine moment of like, "I'm excited for my son, and I hope I don't fuck him up, and I hope I do better." Shit that Tony struggled with. It's, yeah, yeah. It it was an important scene. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's like the greatest generation kind of thing. He's a cold, 
distant father, but he truly does love and value his relationship with his child and with his wife. Right. But he would never like, tell them that. No. What is the what is the old saying? We're all mad at our parents for how their parents fucked them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. There's it's all a cycle. At the end out. of the day, he loves him. His son. Yep. Um, yeah, Howard, and he does. Please, Al. Howard had an important line here where he said, the greater good uh, rarely outweighs my own my own, own self interest. Yeah, the greater good has never outweighed my own self interest. Yeah, yeah. But right. then Tony tells him a piece of advice that he had told Tony, and we might surmise that that's where Howard got it from. But yes. no amount of money bought you a dollar or a, a moment of time. A second yes. time. Yeah. yeah. Second so time. It was yeah. the best advice that Tony ever got from his father, and it turns out. That he his father it. got that advice from him. Yes. Which and right. then never followed it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this that's is true. another this is another example, like the Bucky Barnes thing. Where did he get the clue to hunt for this? Are these loops not as closed as they told us? Is there some sort of like distant entanglement of one hmm. closed loop version of a person figuring out a thing? Well, I mean and then it affecting think, another closed loop version of them? I think in Kevin Feige's four trillion file computer of different threads. He has one that's still open for this. Like, oh, we could go back there one day. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, Cap distracts young Hank Pym and collects the Pym particles, but he has to hide- <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every fucking second he's on screen, he's an asshole. <laughs> A dick to the guys who accept packages and call you when they arrive. Yeah. And and Cap is doing the thing again. He's now spying. Mm-hmm. He's giving uh-huh. misinformation in order to gain access to a location. He yeah. is doing uh, what Black Widow would have done in that situation. Instead of punching Pink, Hank Pym in the face and stealing right. the Pym particles. Or like putting right. him in a locker or something. Yeah. Who yeah. could play Hank Pym other than Michael Douglas? Yeah, he was like, perfect. Oh, I know. He was perfect. <laughs> He's so perfect. Such an asshole. Like, but Tim is supposed to be an asshole, and he, he, he nails it. Like somehow he nails it. He has to do the greater good for everybody, but also fuck you, buddy. Like, yeah, but yeah, uh, he, the way he treats guys who call him to tell him there's a delivery, it's right. like it's like if he if he's in a hotel and he asks for a wake up call, and they call and he's like. You dumb motherfucker! What are you doing, Colin? <laughs> no, like, you have a package, bro, and it's glowing. What do you want from me? I make minimum wage at this fucking. <laughs> he also, uh, Michael Douglas, has that perfect amount of dirtbag energy on top of asshole energy too. <laughs> he, he does. He's not tough, but he he plays like he is. Yeah, I um, think he was at his prime, physically and with his superpower, which is anger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when he smashed that guy's head into the table in Ant-Man, he's yeah. like, oh, this guy's got to chill out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I love it. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, when you're talking about, like, you know, using the different strengths and everything like that, up until the third act, this movie works just as, like, a fun ensemble heist movie. It's, it's totally like Ocean's Eleven yeah. of, like, everyone with their little roles and, and assignments. I'd Absolutely. say it's more Ocean Twelve. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it just made me think of the next door neighbors on what we do in the shadows. <laughs> right? Yeah, you need you. You'd better fucking quit talking about the sea. 
<laughs> when he's going on and on about yeah. <laughs> and Laszlo doesn't get it. But every time there's a Sean episode, he brings it up. And every his time. bow renewals. Every time. <laughs> yes, Ocean's Eleven was in his mouth. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, all right. Um, so Cap has to hide from security. Um, he ends up seeing Peggy Carter through a window, a woman who has zero peripheral vision. She's also face blind. Yes. Incredibly. Because he is not yeah. in darkness and he's a solid foot and a half away from her at a certain point. Uh-oh. She could probably hear him breathing. Yes. Because I guarantee you he was breathing pretty heavy. <laughs> and we, well, you notice we only saw him from the chest up in that shot. So, Yeah. Um, uh, this cod piece had a zipper. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, then Cap and Tony connect back up. They head back to the future. Meanwhile, in 2014, 2023, Nebula is being held captive by Thanos. She tries to talk Gamora into betraying Thanos. 2014 Nebula disguises herself as 2023 Nebula and takes her place heading back to 2023. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry to go back, but there was this cute thing I wanted to mention about Howard and Tony. When he reaches out to, to shake his hand and he grabs his finger that's like what a baby does yeah that's what a baby does with their data Aww. or when he hugged him and he said i love you dad yeah <laughs> and and thank you for your service to right. this country <laughs> yeah he's really for lost. everything yeah you've for done everything. for this country <laughs> yeah he's an arms manufacturer <laughs> yeah I think he's conflicted, but that's what he is at that moment. Absolutely. Thank you for everything. You took out Southeast Asia like nobody could. <laughs> he did it for freedom. Uh, that's why. We cut to Vormir. Nat and Clint arrive. They find Red Skull, who tells them they have to sacrifice someone they love for the Soul Stone. Um, we talked about that already. Uh, they debate what to do. Eventually, they each decide that they're the one to sacrifice themselves for the stone. They fight each other for the chance to throw themselves off the cliff, with Natasha eventually winning out and plunging to her death. Clint gets okay, a soul so Suicide fight. We brought this up before. So Clint went on a five-year rampage, just killing indiscriminately because he lost his family. Yeah. There's a there's not a there's a chance he's going. What? Not, indis- not indiscriminately. He was only killing criminals. He he went on. He was on his front castle shit. He okay. was el- he was eliminating Fair. organized crime in particular. Sure, sure, yeah. So not All right, like pardon Batman, me. Not street, a, street crime. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. That's not. Uh, yeah, pardon me. Um, my point being is that his, the rage in him uh, from losing his loved ones uh, created Ronan. And then the first opportunity he has to sacrifice himself, he's like, all right. He's like, my family might come back, but now I'm the dead one. Yeah. It just doesn't fit. Natasha does have no one, but. So I I used to have this same. So far gone. So I used to have, yeah, I used to have this same issue with this, but I feel like the Hawkeye series kind of provided some more insight into the moment, which I still think it's ridiculous and it's short-sighted. But what I think it is, is that he would, he was doing all these things. He was doing, you know, killing in mass with the belief that he would never see his family again. 
And he, what we see in the Hawkeye series is he doesn't really know how to face his family with knowing the things that he had done. So I think, I, I still agree that it's dumb. He, he, you know, Widow doesn't have family and he has kids and his kids need their dad. But I think that's part of it that he was like, I want my family to be alive, but I don't know if I can face them. Yeah. That's- it was also supposed to be a full circle moment because one of the big plot points in the first Avengers movie is him constantly telling Nat, you are not the sum of the things you did before you worked with me. Like you're yeah. not the sum of all of the evil shit you've done. And so now he literally is in the exact same place she was in where she was like, God, I'm a piece of shit. I did all this awful stuff. Now he's like, God, I'm a piece of shit. I did all this awful stuff. I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve to see my family again. And she, again, he's being stupid, but she's going, bro, you pulled me back from this ledge. Why are you at this ledge now? It's uh, also all that ledger bullshit that they've talked Mm -hmm. about for movie after movie after movie. Yeah. It'll never sit well with me. I mean, all that made sense, but yeah. Nah. No, I mean, I get it. Um, Yeah. I, this I, is arguably the clunkiest thing in the movie. It's really hard to mm-hmm. do this well because it worked so well with Gamora and with Thanos because it was a, yeah, that kind of surprising. But I mean, the, the alternative, I can't think of another two characters that they could have paired up and killed one of them mm-hmm. and had it make sense according to the rules they established in the first movie. I don't think they planned this when they were making Infinity War completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think like they, I don't think they knew who was going to do the same thing in Endgame. It's a moving part that was never like they were like, oh shit! Remember when we have to go back to Vormir? How do we do that now? Yeah, it it definitely seems like something that they came up with the best solution they could while <laughs> while doing it. Because the alternative is send Tony and Cap here because they arguably love each other as like brothers, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean. It yeah it, it yeah this this scene is definitely the clunkiest scene like you said it's it's yeah it's it's one of the weakest parts of the film I think um so all right um everyone gets back to twenty twenty three their mission was successful the mood gets killed immediately when they realize Natasha didn't make it um the original Avengers I'll talk about Nat and grieve for a moment out on the lake realizing there's no way to go back and change her death. They decide. And the worst delivery of a line in the whole movie is Clint. Will you get back in your flying hammer? You go save her. You go to. She's just terrible. You know, let's. Just, I hate it. Let's be clear. There's smart Avengers and there's dumb Avengers, and we know where Clint <laughs> lies. <laughs> I'm talking about Jeremy Renner. Talking about Jeremy Renner's delivery. Oh, yeah. No, it's Not bad. Jeremy the characters. Is the dumbest yeah. Avenger. Yeah. No, Jeremy That's Renner's. True. Jeremy Renner is. In retrospect, Jeremy Renner's. He's 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 Hawkeye and he always will be Hawkeye. But I think if they were if if Kevin Feige was able to go back to 2012 and recast Hawkeye, I think there's a chance he might have considered doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Props to the Hawkeye series that made me actually like a character that I have hated every time I've seen it. Yeah. So. Good job there, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and absolutely. And um, that's, I think that series ran totally on the charm and charisma of uh, what's her face, uh, 
Kate Haley. Bishop or um, Haley. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld. And um, Florence Pugh. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Was Florence Pugh bringing it. Um, yeah. So um, they decide that all they can do is go ahead and undo the snap as planned. Tony and Banner put together a gauntlet with the stones. And after some discussion, it's agreed that Hulk should do the snap. Thor wants to do it at first, but uh, he's immediately talked out of it. Um, meanwhile, Nebula uses the time machine to call Thanos into 2023. He arrives, his whole ship coming through the time machine. Um, so that whole thing could have prevented if one of the dudes in that room had looked around and said, hey, where's Nebula? Yes. <laughs> so uh, they shrink the ship down. She's got the ship in her hand. Um I think we're led to believe that Thanos took the Pym particles and figured out how to manufacture his own so he could shrink the ship using mm-hmm. the Pym particles. Yeah. That was that was what I took away from that. We'd have to assume so yeah. because she didn't have an extra Pym particle. They made a point yeah. that she did not have an extra Pym particle. So, yes, we have to assume Thanos figured it out. Also, that, like the Maw, the Maw, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. duplicated or something using magic. One thing I've always been interested in is the actual logistics of the snap itself. Like, because they essentially they're saying it's almost like you have to come up with this crazy, insane, complex equation and hold it in your head and then manifest that into will and do the whole snapping thing. Because Hulk has to think through all of these different contingencies to bring everyone back. Because, like, they even mention it in the TV shows later. Well, what about people who are like flying in planes mm-hmm. when the snap happened? Well, he had to think, well, everyone who was like in the air or on the road or somewhere dangerous, everyone needs to be brought back safe. Everyone needs to be brought back in places that make sense where they wouldn't be unsafe when they get back. Mm-hmm. There's like all of these contingencies he's got to think through in the logistics of making the snap reality because it's not like a genie's lamp where the genie can then interpret, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah, He's right. got to put all of that energy and effort into thinking. This he, he has to take the yeah, earth. Jeremy, we've all blown out birthday candles. Yeah. We can get on board with that logic. <laughs> he has to think, yeah, he, uh, he yeah, has to I'm take totally the, the earth's that, that uh, rotation uh, into account, the earth's orbit into account because it's not in the same place it was before. People just didn't. Yeah. If everyone had just shown back up, at the same space yeah. coordinates they were in previously. What if it was a leap year? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. So, all right. Um, Hulk puts on the glove. He snaps. He undoes Thanos' snap, which, again, if you undo all living things, a lot of those living things are resources to other living things. I feel like it just cancels. Anyway. Anyways, that was another movie. Yeah, we, we um, could go down a very an, far road. Yeah. You know, is is the gut, is the bacteria in our guts a living thing? Did half of that disappear? Da, 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 da. Yeah. All that. But yeah, it's either it's either all a joke or none of it is. Uh, yes, it's space magic. It's fine. Um, so but we do get five seconds of feeling like everything is amazing and perfect and back to normal. Yep. And then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hulk's pretty fucked up. Uh, his arm gets pretty fucked up. Um they're celebrating their victory or about to when Thanos fires on the Avengers compound, completely destroying it. But in what be, must be considered one of the most unsuccessful airstrikes in history, fails to kill even a single Avenger. 
<laughs> yeah, even Paul Rudd, who watches Ground Zero happen. Yes. <laughs> I'm convinced Thanos is the most competent being in the galaxy who surrounded himself with the most incompetent flunkies and lackeys. He brought sycophants. Yeah. True sycophants. Yeah, true sycophants, because Thanos will run it 1v8 with the whole team of Avengers and be giving them a good run for it. But his army cannot get it. Well, I mean, he brought Chitari with him. (laughs) Like, that's... They're paper (laughs) people, right? Oh, no, that's the... The other ones are paper people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The paper people's people person? (laughs) (laughs) The quicker picker upper. Um, In the rubble, they pull themselves out. Rocket and Rhodey are trapped underneath everything. Ant-Man rescues them while Hawkeye ends up with the gauntlet. He gets chased by some demigorgons, I guess. Um, while fa- yeah, the dem- demodogs. Yes. They look like that, totally. Yeah, they were in the they were in an Infinity War. Right? Okay, the space dogs. Yeah, yeah. space dogs. Yeah, <laughs> those are his foot soldiers. Outriders. Yeah, they're the cannon fodder. Yeah, um, yeah, they're the the CGI monsters that we get to dispose of. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Thanos meets with Nebula in the rubble. He sends her to find the stones while he waits there. <laughs> That's some real, you know, the, the thing, the thing about managing is you have to know, um, how, how to, uh, uh, um, assign work. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn to delegate. <laughs> and Thanos is good at that. <laughs> um, he's going to sit there and do nothing while Nebula finds the gauntlet. Um, do you think, everyone like, else. Cole Obsidian was like fetching coffee. <laughs> yeah. And bagels. I, Thanos just likes <laughs> Thanos just likes to fight. Yeah, I mean, we see that at multiple points in this movie, and we see it in the first movie too, or in Infinity War. But like, I think the reason why he did not launch another rocket attack was like, nah, nah, I want to, I want to fight everybody that's well, still yeah. alive. Let's, yeah. let's not forget in the first movie, Thanos straight up took his armor off to fade the Incredible Hulk because he was like. Nah, nah, if I'm wearing armor, it's not right. We both it's need not to right. Yeah, we just it's need fair. to both be like, I'm going to beat him up in my cargo shorts and cut off t-shirt real quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> meanwhile, just, just in the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, motherfucker wants to throw hands. Okay. All right, Hulk. <laughs> Uh, back on his, on the ship, 2014 Gamora talks to 2023 Nebula, who tells her that they became friends. Gamora decides to help stop Thanos. Meanwhile, Thor, Cap, and Tony collect themselves. They hand out to the rubble to find Thanos waiting. They decide they're going to fight him to keep him from the stones. Thor uses lightning to braid his beard. He calls Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, and they approach Thanos. Thanos speechifies for a bit. Um, and Thor's got some sweet plus size armor he made himself. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, well, and they know it's a trap. Yes, exactly. Um, and um, just Thor's one word response: good. When they say, "Yeah, you know it's a trap, right?" Like, yeah, of course. Good. The the power of Thor braids his beard. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. So he tells <laughs> them that uh, Thanos tells them that they've demonstrated that his plan to eliminate half the universe could never work. So he's because we're all ungrateful bitches is essentially what he's saying. We don't appreciate him. Um, so he's going to use the stones to destroy the entire universe and start over. Um, they begin. Uh, do you do you think dead Thanos, beheaded Thanos, twenty twenty three Thanos would try and stop this Thanos? Yes. Yeah, I think he would. Because it's unnatural. He definitely would. 
he would he would be like, no, 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 you're missing my point. Dang it, now I've got to fight myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, let's see. They begin fighting in the rubble of the compound. Hawkeye gets away from. The alien dogs, 2014 Nebula finds him, but he thinks she's 2023 Nebula, and he gives her the gauntlet. Just then, she's found by 2023 Nebula and Gamora. 2023 Nebula kills 2014 Nebula. You know, I, I got to give them credit. They did a really good job with this yeah. working. Because this, mm-hmm. when you say it out loud, it sounds clunky and stupid. But when you see it, it makes perfect sense. There's some suspense there. Yeah, not knowing which one it is is great. Yeah, it works very well. It creates one of my unanswered questions, which is the nebula paradox. But Mm. uh, it's fine. It's like if if they killed 2014 nebula. Different nebula. It's How, a different yeah. nebula. It's the branching timelines. By, by, by saying they're branching timelines, they can literally do anything. And it doesn't matter. Like, you just have tangential multiverses. Like, there's literally a multiverse where they went and got hot dogs instead of shawarma, and it caused everything to be different. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so back out in the field, the fight with Thanos continues. He knocks Thor and Iron Man out of commission, and then Cap calls Mjolnir to him. That, yeah, like, that is... Uh, the loudest theater moment I've ever experienced. It is just, it is goosebumps and cheers for the whole next 15 minutes. I will sometimes watch the theater reaction videos on YouTube of this. <laughs> and as, as satisfying uh, as I the squealed. theater reaction was, Thor's reaction is the best part. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. Well, yeah, and it pays off that little moment in Age of Ultron. The uh, wobble? Yeah, the wobble. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure the Russos have said that the idea is that it's like Cap could have picked up the hammer then, but he respects Thor enough that he like he let it twitch. And then he was like, I'm not going to actually pick this thing up right now because I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings. Like, yeah. And so this whole time, Cap is known. He's like, oh, I could have picked up that hammer this whole time, dude. Like, I, I think it's it. that that Cap ha- needed some more experiences than than where he was at, at 2014. He was still like we've talked pissed. about. This is a much more mature and and wiser cap. Absolutely. Um, so, all right. Uh, the let's see. They fight. Um, Thanos shreds Cap's shield. Fat Cap keeps fighting, even though now it seems completely hopeless. Thanos calls down his army from his ship including thousands of Chitari. He's going to destroy Earth. Cap readies himself. And enjoy it. And enjoy it. Before, it wasn't personal. Yes. But I'm going to enjoy this. Honestly, <laughs> I, I wonder if the full might and power of the U.S. military could not take out his kind of small army. He's He's got like 150 people. And like, right, like, Chitari. I mean, come on. If, they're just, if their plan is to just invade via ground, like rolling over North America, it's going to take a long time. What he really should, I mean, I, I imagine his ship, he could probably blow up most major cities from orbit. That's probably what he should have just been doing. Well, it, it made a glass in places. It, it doesn't need to take a long time, though. It just needs to give him enough time to snap. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Um, 
Just then, though, in his helmet on the radio, he hears a call on your left. It's Falcon. Uh, the portals start opening. Um, the Literally every single MCU hero shows up. Um, yeah, this, I mean, one of the biggest cheer moments I've ever been in place for on opening weekend. Like yeah, it was yes. cool. All the, 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 the backgrounds, uh, behind the portals, because you saw new Asgard, uh, you saw, uh, Titan. Yeah. Um, you saw Wakanda, uh, probably others. Those are the three. I, I think know. you also, you see that casino planet that the Ravagers were on mm-hmm. too, I think. Because they're all on vacation, I assume. <laughs> and each group of characters is bringing their own army also. Yes, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, there's a ton of Wakandans showing up. Um, yeah. Um, Howard the Duck. The sorcerers. Yes, Howard the Duck shows up. <laughs> With a gun. Pretty gnarly rifle, yeah. He yeah. Like... <laughs> um, the Wasp comes through like a basketball-sized portal. Instead of a giant person-sized one, I thought that was a funny touch. I had never noticed that before. It's interesting that um, uh, that uh, Doctor Strange knew to go to San Francisco to get the Wasp. Um, uh, so uh, Thanos is considerate enough to let them all show up and line up before he attacks, which is nice of him. Uh, I think he just thought this. Now this is getting interesting. Mm. Um, Scott becomes Giant Man Hulk, Rocket, and Rhodey arrive um, How does Scott still have pin particles? Cause he, yeah, because he keeps shrinking and he and growing So, yeah So He, he must so, have saved enough to uh, there's, I mean, there's different pin particles, right? There's the Oh, no, I shit. don't know how often, well, how often do we ever actually see him reload that Particles. Maybe, maybe like he has some extras, and there's enough for him in his suit. Like he knows he'll be able to Ant Man around for a while, and he wasn't counting. Yeah, like I bet, I bet he just had some in the suit, and he was like, "I'm not gonna tell these dudes about the particles and to do what I do." (laughs) And probably the time travel takes more. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Is that like the amount? Like they need a whole vial versus yeah. Also, I mean, we see Cap with his hand grab four, but we don't know if he may have grabbed a couple extra for good measure. Mm. True. Yeah, he Very did. Cool. He did grab more than they needed just to get back. That's so true. He did have some left. Good point. Yeah. Or he stole some off Thanos' ship. <laughs> yeah, because he he grabs four and they only need two. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's only the two of them that are there. So yeah, Jeremy's kind of right. Thanos had a vial himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're around. Yeah, they're there. <laughs> you look around for some <laughs> pin particles. You'll find them. <laughs> lying around. <laughs> pin particles themselves are a living thing, and when they undid the snap, he had a bunch more. There, there you go. Oh, uh, Hank had some in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, um, they line up. Cap says the thing. <laughs> I have to assume. The people all the way down at the end of the line were like, what? Because he, he bellows, Avengers! And then quietly, assemble. Did you say resemble? <laughs> like, what are we we, we like the boy. Yeah, we like, we Roy. like Roy. Yeah. 
<laughs> Plus, I imagine like there's some ravagers that are like, what the fuck's an Avenger? <laughs> How would the ducks look what the fuck's an Avenger? Yeah. You mean like Kevin Bacon? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, the battle begins. They should have just put Kevin Bacon there. That would have made my world. That would have been <laughs> hilarious. Kevin Bacon in a CGI Swayze from Roadhouse. Just yes. <laughs> out of a portal together. Uh, um, yeah, the battle begins. We get all sorts of moments. Rescue and Iron Man fighting back to back. Peter gets reunited with Tony. They get that hug. Quill meets 2014 Gamora. She doesn't take kindly to him. Um, oh, Cap- Peter finally gets to use kill mode. Yes, <laughs> instant kill. Yeah. Um, Cap comes up with the plan to get the gauntlet to the van and send it back through the time machine. Doctor Strange tells Tony he can't let him know the outcome of the battle because it won't happen if he does. Scarlet Witch nearly one-on-one Thanos. Um, and he calls in I don't an airstrike. Know who you are? <laughs> you will. <laughs> when he's about to die. Yeah, yeah. It turns out she was wrong. <laughs> he died not knowing who she was. Unless he had Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah, he calls in an airstrike. He kills his own men. He causes the Avengers to take shelter. The field floods from the lake. Doctor Strange has to hold back the water. Um, but then suddenly. Which they- great way to take Doctor Strange off the table. Yeah. So that he can't do anything. Yes, exactly. I mean, Juan and the sorcerers probably could have held back the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. They stop aiming at the field and start shooting at the sky. And then Captain Marvel arrives. She destroys Thanos's ship, crashes into the lake. Um, she takes the gauntlet from Peter. We get our girl. Oh, that, that moment is one of my favorite moments ever where he's like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. Hey, Peter Parker. The way she <laughs> delivers that is ugh, yeah. sexy. Yeah, she's adorable there. Um, we get our girls get it done moment. Um. Girls. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know that that moment has been criticized as, as being sort of tokenism. But at the same time, you notice it because you've also never seen about a dozen female superheroes on screen at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah but. But it plays into what happened in the comics all the time, which was the female heroes fight the female villains and the male heroes fight the male villains. Yeah. Those- I, I dig what you're saying, but it, it just reinforces that kind of thing. Like, we'll take her on. They're right. all it, badasses. This moment, so awesome. it, this moment stands out because it's the only time that this happens in the MCU. But I, I read enough, like, People being like, oh, my eight-year-old daughter saw this, and that was her favorite mm-hmm. moment. Right. In the movie, where I'm like, oh, I have zero complaints it, about this. It, it wasn't whatsoever. Yeah, it wasn't for, you know, Twitter that they did it. They did it for yeah. kids and for that eight-year-old Let girl. People yeah. have fun. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. good grief. Yeah. Um, so um they're trying to get the gauntlet to the van. Thanos gets to the van first, though, and destroys the van just as Captain Marvel arrives, causing her to drop the gauntlet. Tony, Cap, and Thor fight Thanos for the gauntlet. Um, uh, There's the Captain Marvel headbutt where she just doesn't even flinch. No, doesn't even flinch. She presses Thanos hard enough 
that he's like, oh shit, I need to get you out of here like now. Like, yeah, no, Ca- Captain Marvel's about to take Thanos out and he only he only takes her out by taking the power stone out and punching her with it. Um, that's the only thing that stopped Captain Marvel from beating Thanos. Um, Doctor Strange holds up his finger <laughs> to tell Tony. Which when I when I very first saw it in the theater, I thought he was doing like a wait for it. Mm. But then in the perspective, you realize he's telling him, no, remember, Tony, there is one way. Yeah. And this is it. Yes. Um, Tony fights Thanos one more time, grabbing at the gauntlet. Thanos shrugs him off pretty easily and snaps, but nothing happens. It's revealed that Tony removed the stones from the gauntlet. He puts them into his own nano suit gauntlet, and he s- s- says the thing and snaps. Um, I, I, there is no more perfect way to cap off this 20 movie 10 year series like Thanos says the thing and Tony gets to say I am Iron Man one last time something that like he himself put into the first movie Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Um yeah um well this happened in reshoots too this wasn't the initial mm-hmm. plan the initial plan was for him to say something pithy and then snap his fingers and I think this was again Robert Downey Jr. saying like, no, 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 no. Wouldn't it be funny if I said this? It's not it's, just funny. It's it's poignant. Yeah, you know? it's like yeah. impactful. It, it, it's yeah, it's definitive of what it has meant to be meant to be Iron Man. Yeah, this like it is. The, there is no more perfect line that he could have said. That is the single most perfect line in almost any movie ever. Um, yeah. So he causes all of Thanos' forces and Thanos himself to dust. Uh, The snap took a toll on Tony, though. He dies in Pepper's arms there on the battlefield. We get a little montage. Peter and Ned reunite. Scott, Hope, and Cassie. Hawkeye and his family. T'Challa and his family in Wakanda. Um, Good grief. Hang on. The moment of Peter and Tony together. Yes. Right before Right before Tony Pepper, back. yeah. It starts. It actually starts Peter's most important arc yes. in the whole series. Mm-hmm. That moment right there, and I think it was important for Tony to see Peter and like see Peter's face one more time and know that he had like, I did it. I got the kid back. I've made this right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, we. Cut to some time later at Tony's house. He's giving his own eulogy through one of those recordings he made right before the time heist. Um, Happy, Pepper, Morgan, and Rhodey are listening to it. They go outside. They lay a wreath with his arc reactor in the lake. Um, Everyone is there to pay tribute to him, including, for some reason, Thunderbolt Ross, who really should not have been invited. (laughs) Um, And Nick Fury... And the kid from Iron Man 3. Um, Hawkeye and Wanda talk a little bit about their losses. Happy promise. Is that really Nick Fury? Do you guys think? Oh, or is it the the scroll? The scroll? scroll Oh, good question. Yeah. Because he's been off planet for a year in Spider-Man No Way Home. And isn't that specifically Ben Mendelsohn's character? I think so. Yeah, Talos. it is. Yeah. So yeah. it means Nick Fury in um, Far From Home 
is a scroll. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's why that. Peter reacts that way. Like, what do you mean off planet? He's like, well, yeah, I just saw him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good point. That could be Talos then. Hmm. Um, yeah. So who never met Tony. So same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. To, to put a nice bow on it, I, I'd like to say it, the squirrel happens somewhere in between now and far from home. Just to say that, you know, Nick Fury got snapped back and he was Nick Fury. He went to the funeral and then somewhere in there got taken over. Well, but don't forget when Talos was introduced. It was what, the 80s? 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. 90s, yeah. yeah. 90s, mid 90s. Yeah. Before um, all the. Yeah, because yeah, Talos is the one who specifically shows up in, uh, like, in the, the, the whole bit with. Uh, far from home where they reveal at the end that it's like oh those were actually scrolls the whole time it's specifically him yeah. but I, I do like Andrea's more that Nick Fury actually shows up to Tony Stark funeral even though he kind of gave Tony all the shit in the world but yeah yeah um, um, at the end of WandaVision to the post credit scene mm. we, with the mm. uh, Maria Rambo, yeah. Monica Rambo. Yeah. Yeah, we see the scrolls in the theater. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so all right. Uh Happy Promises Morgan some cheeseburgers. Then uh back in New Asgard, Thor makes Valkyrie king. And he I love the fact that he makes her king. Not queen. She is king. Um He decides to head off planet with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh we cut to the remains of the Avengers facility. Hulk, Bucky, and Sam are sending cat. The- the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Asgardians of the Galaxy, yeah. <laughs> um, we both know who's in charge. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes, yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you say, but then you touch the map. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, they're sending Cap back to return to the stones. Oh, and- I'm sorry. And he called him Quail. Yeah. Quail. Quail. <laughs> uh, were, yeah, he's going to return the stones and Mjolnir to the timelines. Um, he doesn't come back, though, like he should. Bucky and Sam notice an old man sitting on a bench near the lake. Sam goes to talk to him. It's Steve Rogers. He decided to live his life out in the past and not come back. He gives Sam his shield and tells Sam he's Captain America now. Um, we cut to the past. 40s. Just like Captain Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> um... We cut to the past. 40s music plays. We push into the window of a house. Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter dance and kiss. And roll credits. Mm-hmm. No after credits scenes. Um, at the end Just of the, the at the end of the credits, we get the sound of Iron Man hammering from the first movie in the cave. Yeah, uh, that's the moment I actually teared up in the movie theater because I was like, we probably will never get. Robert Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark again. I think he really might be done. Yeah, there's a very and good I was chance. Like, oh man, it's the end of an era. Like that's it. That's why there was no post-credit scene. You know? Yeah. It was like chapter closed. Yep. Yeah, that was it. We were done. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so we basically three killed off three of the original Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. Cap's still alive, but he's old and he'll die soon. Yeah. Um, and then redefined the other three, being Hulk, Thor, and Hawkeye. Yeah. So 
Avengers as a team completely changed. Yeah. And well, and I mean, there really is no Avengers at this point. Like there, there's no one that, that operates under that name hey, currently. The, the compound like, rubble. There are like four people who will show up if they made a call for the Avengers. Like strange and Wong would show up. Peter Parker would show up and banner would show up. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's, that's all that remains. Yeah, much maybe. Well, Thor's in space at this point, running around with the Guardians. But, I mean, he's um, like a, uh, he's I mean, a, he's a hop, skip, and a jump from... Well, from but Earth. remember, no one's got a way to get a hold of Thor at this point. Like, he's off in the, he's in the wind. Like, the, the Guardians are in the wind. None of those people at this point probably consider themselves Avengers now that this thing is done. But, like, if, if something happened on earth today you would only have four people they don't have a space well, pager like Captain i mean Marvel if it was did. today i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure we'd get <laughs> shang chi yeah well, we've gotten new people because yeah. they're assembling the the new team the new avengers yeah, yeah. But at this the point, new class yes <laughs> um the college years all, but... <laughs> uh we see in the the next spider-man that the world thinks that Captain America died in the in the big mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, heard that he's on the moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I heard he's on the moon. Was that Hannibal Burris says that? It's one of his conspiracy theories. Yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> the Avengers video game that came out last year had that as a plot line too. That's funny. Oh, God. Uh, so, I don't know, guys. Um, we've been talking about this a while. Last thoughts? Uh, any other unanswered questions? Fun background catch. Uh, uh, Hulk is eating his own Ben and Jerry's flavor. Oh. <laughs> nice. No, I, I think it's great. I love it. This yeah. movie good. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we, we picked at the little things that were like, eh, but all of those things are forgivable. Yeah. And it, it's great. Yeah, yeah, no, none of that really matters. Like it's it's so good and so fun and brings yeah, everything together so well. It's thoroughly satisfying and enjoyable. I I love the unanswered questions that we get out of it. Yeah, how did Captain America come back? And you have the Russos and the uh, who are the writers again? Um, Marcus, uh, Marcus McFeely. and McFeely. Yeah. yeah, they have both disagreed publicly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as to how that has occurred, which just makes this more like uh, of an open-ended thing that they'll probably never answer. Yeah, right. One set says that he lived in this universe through like this timeline and the other say, no, it had to have been a branch timeline and then he came back over from that branch timeline when he got old. So yeah, they disagreed on it. So there is no official answer. I guess Feige could have the final say, but. Right, but either is possible and and acceptable. (laughs) And that's kind of the fun of it all. Like we have, we have, Marvel did something in that they took the joy of the chaos of comic books and translated it successfully into film, which no one had done yet, where they took a world and they built it. And then they said, we're going to play in this world and we're going to do crazy stuff. And now they're really doing crazy stuff and they're really stretching their wings there. But having those things that are unanswerable and having things that we will never get resolution to make that world feel so much more lived in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I read 
an article mm -hmm. online um, a couple of years ago uh, where someone took the time to figure out how Cap um, went about getting the stones back by using the stones. Because mm. um, he had to go to two different planets yeah. other than Earth. Um, so, like, using the powers of the stones to achieve those things. So he could technically have used a power of the stone to get back into this timeline. Oh, mm, shit. interesting. Well, and I, I don't think Chris Evans would be up for it, but I'd love to see, yeah, like a limited series or a movie that is just that. Yeah, I'd that love that fun. what if episode. I, yeah. I think, I think the way to bring him back to this universe. So taking an infinity stone out of the universe creates a branch timeline by returning the infinity stone to the universe. You are then closing off that branch. The last one he had to return was the space stone to the 1950s or, or the 70s or whatever. Um, but he returns it. Boom. It's back. And then he can stay in that closed off. Well, no, 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 no. Because no, no, no. Returning the stones doesn't close off the branch. Returning the stones um, keeps the branch from um, from going out of control. Yeah. Or, or from even existing. It doesn't become a branch because the stone never left. Well, no, I mean, like any change makes a branch, like yes. snapping, like, you know, like choosing uh, to Pepsi instead of Coke causes a new branch, as we've seen in, you know, the in Loki. Um, so, like, I think these are all branches. Cause that's the point is, like, it's it's a different branch now. When the, the 2012 it they went to. It restores order to that branch, much like what the TVA does with every variant that they come across. Yeah, yeah, so that it doesn't red line or whatever the version of that would be without the infinity stones um it would be a nexus event is what they call it with the tba yeah and reed richards calls it an incursion so you guys ready to rank this thing absolutely let's do it right. um does anybody have any thoughts as far as should it be at number one yeah does anyone have any argument against it being number one i like Infinity War is number one, and I would say this is better than Infinity War because, you know, it brings it all together. And yeah, they're very satisfying, both of them, in very different ways. Yeah. yeah, but but this one makes the other one better. Absolutely. Yes. Too. I think it's number one. Personally. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Arguably, it's it's easy to call it number one. Al, are you gonna be the dissenting opinion, or you're on board? Nah. <laughs> All right. uh, I don't think so. This this closed everything out so well. Um, you know, it's it's not like a an Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi thing. Um, it definitely completes Infinity War. Um, is Endgame one one word or two? I don't. I think it's one. Okay. I'm not sure it matters since we're the only ones that ever look at this. All right. Oh, true. Nobody sees that. Um, so, <laughs> all right. We're putting Endgame at number one. It is our number one movie. <laughs> number one. Uh, so uh, that brings us to next week. Next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Brightburn. <laughs> Will we like it as much as Endgame? <laughs> Only time will tell. Um, so that is next week. 
Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Harmless Phosphorescence. This has been your host, Throw Smiley, and I'm leaving, and I'm taking all the stupid with me. I'm Josh CC, and you get the small one. Choices were him or a tree, so I'm Andrea Martinez CC. I'm going to go get lost in another timeline. I will see you guys in a minute. I'm Brian Lesh. <laughs> And I'm Jeremy Reed, and perhaps I treated you too harsh. Uh, somebody peed my pants. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> it it was been. me, we... Al. Uh, so we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye, guys.